Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call and get in on, on the conversation with us. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie, Riley, and Nikki. And we have a lot of stuff to cover tonight. I mean, news has just been, <laughs> I guess it never really stops, but I feel like there's been all kinds of interesting stuff to talk about the last Several weeks, I haven't been feeling like uh, I have no show prep for weeks. So, Riley brought in a story about an Alabama officer, police officer, who is getting put on leave for doing something really messed up, and we'll get into that. But the first thing I wanted to talk about tonight is this story. This says it's from Spectrum News. It's all over the news. But the story I'm reading it from is on Spectrum News. Um... Treasury Department launches new fentanyl strike force. Oh, so they're coming more after drugs now, are they? Yeah, but I just think it's a little weird. Like, we are they already have an FDA, you know? Yeah, and the FDA yeah. is generally a, an organization that's designed to go after things like fentanyl and marijuana and things like that so i'm wondering why do they need the why do they need another drug task force? well it sounds like they're trying to replace the cops right because like this is what the like mm. you know on on the street cops are supposed to be doing sure mm, that's um, an interesting observation and obvi- obviously they're not i mean like by the government standards of what cops are supposed to do in terms of the drug war obviously they're not doing a quote-unquote good enough job um, because drugs have been winning the war on drugs for the past, I since it started. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's only getting worse. And so I, I didn't really think of it like that. It's do any other? Well, yeah, there are federal um, forces. I don't know if it's necessarily called a task force. And, and if I said task force earlier, it's actually strike force. Not that I know the difference between that and a task force. Yeah, but it sounds like government the same lingo. Thing. Yeah. And um. Um, so what I was going to say was, yeah, I guess there is a federal one already, which is the, uh, FDA or DEA, but you kind of yeah. think of that as like international. So maybe that's what this is going to be. If it's yeah, maybe on the streets, that'd be really odd. Um, I mean, DEA does do stuff in the United States too, but it's like you said, it's not like the cops just going around and busting people on the street. So it would be really weird. Maybe they're going to just start being like, yeah, you know what? You guys are right. Cops are bad. Let's get rid of them and just replace them <laughs> with all federal And people. that could be uh, really bad, too, because really if they're bad. replacing, you know, local police with federal police. That'd be way worse. Oh, absolutely, because then we're not being governed by people within our own neighborhood. We're being governed by by federal employees. And, yeah, maybe they'll take the federal employees from our neighborhoods or whatever, but they're still employed by the largest terrorist organization on the planet. Yeah, and, and we see this already kind of where, um, where like, you know, like they'll be raiding someone's house over drugs, right? And it's it's not just the local cops that are raiding the house. It's like they bring in the state police, they bring in the SWAT team, they bring in, you know, they bring in all of these other, like, federal government organizations 
um, and essentially, like, the... In certain cases, it seems like the local cops don't have jurisdiction anymore. They're like, the FBI comes in and they're like, no, you know, like, we're we're running this crime scene now hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, and I never like to say anything um, potentially good sounding about cops, but at least, like, in Jay Noon's case with his wife get, getting gone after by the um, Children Protective Services in New Hampshire— um, at least in his case, like he knows his local cop and yeah. was able to use his services to kind of help get those CPS people off his back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and obviously, like the the system we have in place with policing is not ideal. Um, but that, that is one of the things where, you know, it, it is it kind of like as you work your way up the ladder, like it just gets worse and worse and worse because like FBI agents, I mean, like. They're completely detached or even like CPS agents, like they're completely detached from what's going on in the local community. Like when you have like these state and federal people coming in versus just like town and county people. Um, they're less, you know and less responsible to you. Right. And Absolutely. They're, it's like less, just... they're less accountable to you as well because yeah. they're working for a larger entity and they're not accountable to you as a local, a local town because- they're working for the big man upstairs, you know, the federal government. Mm-hmm. And if they're less, um, if they aren't looking, working for someone you know personally and it's just all far away and detached, like Nikki said, they're more likely to just play dirty and not care, not face any uh, repercussions. But let's get into this story, this specific story. The Treasury Department, which is a really odd department for this, launches new fentanyl strike force. The U.S. Treasury Department announced Monday that it has launched a new strike force to counter fentanyl trafficking. Wait, so is this about money? Is this about taxes? I don't know. Right, like why, why? would the Treasury be? I, I've never heard of a, any type of a U.S. Treasury Department strike force, so I have no idea. See, this doesn't make a lot of sense because the Treasury Department should be about finances and money. Yeah. And yeah, why are they coming after fentanyl? So. Well, I, I think, I mean... <laughs> Maybe they're finally admitting what the war on drugs is actually about. A war on money? Well, it's a a war on you're not paying your taxes and you're doing things black market. That's that's really what it is. Yeah, that and the war on drugs is really a war on people. Yeah. And people who want to buy and sell, you know, chemicals that are mind altering, shall we say, they generally aren't going to pay taxes on these things. And Mm -hmm. the government still wants their, their fair share. They want to steal profits from companies. And, you know, this is why they I think... They get more than their fair share in, like, South America with, like, cocaine oh, yeah. and stuff. They get, oh, yeah. yeah. They make Absol- all kinds absolutely. of money and under the I table. Mean, we see this all the time with pharmaceuticals, right? So doctors can legally prescribe patients all these sort of addictive pharmaceuticals that people are abusing, things like... You know, like Xanax and Ambien and, you know, like Gabapentin, Suboxone, Methadone, like all of these things that are absolutely drugs. Um, and a lot of these things have the intention to replace street drugs. So it's like, no, like we're going to get you clean. You're not going to do the street drugs anymore. We're going to give you your government approved like FDA <laughs> drugs. Um, and, you know, you're going to go through your insurance there's going to be taxes paid on it. It's like a more official way to essentially do drugs. And it's legal. So I'm. It, it sounds to me like they're just kind of like finally admitting like what this is all really about. And it's that they want to get their cut of the profit. Right. Well, 
It says, the department made the announcement one day before Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was set to travel to Mexico to meet with government officials and private sector leaders to strengthen the two countries' economic ties. It's just like, I don't know, just let people freely move across the imaginary line and freely, you know, trade with each other. Why Why do we need Janet Yellen going over there to strengthen our economic ties with Mexico? Yeah. Like, we love Mexicans. Yeah. Though this strike for, through this strike force, we will conduct joint analysis of the financial flows of fentanyl trafficking networks. A senior Treasury official said during a briefing Monday previewing the announcement. We'll strengthen operational coordination on both civil and criminal investigations and we'll partner with local and federal law enforcement to share information. It doesn't say so far if that's just like through Mexico. It says the majority of fentanyl that comes into the U.S. is manufactured in foreign clandestine labs and smuggled into the U.S. through its southern border, according to the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency. Fentanyl seizures at the U.S.-Mexico border with Mexico, it says the U.S.-Mexico with border, Mm -hmm. are almost five times higher in 2023 than they were in 2020, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Fentanyl is 50 times more potent than heroin and is lethal with a dose of just two milligrams. Wow. That's that's an intense thing. it, It is, yeah. That's why they use it to make more their heroin go further because yeah, you can put a tiny little bit of yeah, yeah. That's it. how it started, and that's like where a lot of people were overdosing because they were using heroin, right? And they're like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, I'm going to use the same amount that I always do, and then they maybe they got it from a different person, maybe you know it's and then there's fentanyl in it, and it's a lot stronger. But I've I've literally heard people say like. Oh, that person overdosed. Like, I want to go to their. I want to go to their drug dealer because they have the good stuff. Imagine that. Like, wow. well, they have the strong stuff. Yeah, people the are dying. It's like, stuff. oh my gosh. Yeah, some people are insane. Yeah. That is insane. That's addiction for you. I know it is addiction. It says nationally, more than one hundred and seven thousand people in the United States died from drug overdose deaths in the United States in twenty twenty two, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Of those, 68% involved synthetic opioids, most of which were illegally manufactured fentanyl. Fentanyl trafficking is often disguised as legitimate commercial trade, a senior Treasury official said, and poses a deadly threat to both the United States and to Mexico. The new task force is designed to expose and disrupt illegal networks that traffic in fentanyl and its illegal networks that traffic in fentanyl and its chemical precursors by cutting off financial and commercial access. So, yeah, it does have something to do with money. Somehow they're going to be going after people's financial and commercial access who are selling the drug. Maybe that's through, you know, like, you know, like they didn't let the truckers receive their money. Maybe they're going to do stuff like that, like just be freezing bank accounts. I don't Probably. know. But isn't that kind of like already what they do? Like if they find out someone like asset for forfeiture, you know, like if they find out like, oh, you have, you know, this bag of drugs and you also have like a bunch of cash on you and maybe whatever else. They just take all of your stuff, whether it's legal or not, yeah. because it was paired with, you know, with the drugs. So they're like, we're, we're going to assume that you are committing crimes with all of this stuff. So we're just going to steal all your stuff. 
So they're already kind of doing that, and I'm sure they're already freezing people's bank accounts that are suspected of doing illegal activity. Yeah. It, it seems like, well, most of the time when government comes out with a new group of government goons, it seems a little um, unnecessary. It's just like a new job position for people to have in the government. It says fentanyl trafficking is, oh, yeah, we already read that. Two years ago, President Biden signed the Illicit Drug Executive Order, giving the Treasury Department expanded authorities to combat neurotics trafficking by going after the producers of counterfeit pill presses and precursor chemicals used to manufacture fentanyl. The department has imposed 200 sanctions since the executive order was issued, including a transnational criminal organization supplying precursor chemicals chemicals the Treasury targeted just last week. The official said, "Uh oh, uh, that could be bad. Like they're going after pe- people in other countries who are creating precursor chemicals, like things that are used to make fentanyl. I don't know. That could be bad for people who are into buying um, things that aren't necessarily able to be manufactured in the United States, like people who are into buying certain smart drugs. Um, I can't remember that word right now. Oh, nootropics. Nootropics. That, yeah. I All I can think was narcotics, but yeah, yeah like." Um, yeah, nootropics are smart drugs. Yeah, they could, that could be bad for people like them because a really? lot of time. So how though? Um, because a lot of time, whenever you're buying a nootropic, it's not manufactured in the United States because yeah, it doesn't even necessarily have to be illegal. People are just like, nah, I'm not doing it there because oh, they'll go so, after you. So this isn't going to be specifically for um things that you use to make fentanyl. It's just well, in general, maybe that's. That's what I'm just I'm just thinking how this could be bad yeah, for other people because if they're it, yeah. going after manufacturers of precursor chemicals, like I'm just thinking out loud, it probably isn't just companies who are only making fentanyl. Like, yeah, yeah, we're it's just a be fentanyl factory. Everything like, across the board, yeah. Yeah, it just seems like a it seems like, you know, a way that the United States is u- abusing their power probably. Yeah. Like they usually do. It says um As part of the new task force, the Treasury plans to focus on transnational criminal groups' financial networks, pressuring financial institutions to report suspicious activity. That reporting uh, directly generates lead information for law enforcement and will help to close regulatory gaps in money laundering, he said. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will travel to Mexico this week primarily to strengthen economic ties and the supply chain between the U.S. and the country that is now its largest goods trading partner, Mexico. Hmm. I wonder if that, like, used to be China. I don't know. In addition to meeting with her Mexican counterpart and private sector leaders to deepen economic cooperation between the two countries, it's probably not that. It's probably more like backdoor deals and bad people stuff because it's Janet Yellen. She will also meet with government officials and the financial institutions that operate south of the border to learn more about the illicit flow of money and drugs and best strategies to deter it. One of the values we'll see through these conversations that the secretary will lead is how we can more closely coordinate our respective investigations and actions, a senior Treasury official said of Yellen's three-day trip. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting and bad news. Um... Yeah, absolutely, because here here we have another government task force, strike force, if they want to call it that, going after something to make the drugs more expensive and harder to get. Yep, and... I mean, it's not going to work. 
Oh, of course you know what not. I mean? It's like people are going to get their drugs. It's never. And like we saw this. So they were like cracking down on stuff like, um, you know, like people taking like black market pharmaceutical pills like Percocet and stuff like that. And then it was heroin. And it's like we're just seeing the progression of this. Right. So it's like how like fentanyl used to not be a thing. Right. So they were just targeting stuff like heroin. And then clearly that didn't work because now they're just developing even stronger things. I mean, fentanyl was always a thing, but it wasn't really abused like it is, like widely produced. It was more like used in a medical sense, like they would use it as a medical pain management method. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now, now you said it's people like, are using it like that. Yeah, it's an epidemic now. I mean, like you can't even get heroin anymore. It's all fentanyl. All of it. You know what I mean? Like, even people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm doing heroin. Like, no, you're not. You're doing fentanyl. Like, you can't. It does. It almost doesn't even exist. Well. You know what I mean? So it's it's just escalating. So it's like, I don't know what they. It's not working. Whatever they're doing is not working. The drugs are still there. They're, if anything, they're, you know, they're not going up in price. I I don't know. Like, all this stuff that's, like, not really deterring people from actually doing drugs. It's like. If somebody's addicted to something and if they want it, like they're going to get it. And a lot of these drug dealers are making a lot of money selling these drugs like they're not going to stop. And it just doesn't seem like it seems like the more and more and more government restrictions and the more strike forces and, you know, like the harder they crack down on this stuff, it almost like just makes it worse. You know what I mean? If they were to like lighten up legalize drugs completely decriminalize drugs completely it would be so much better for the actual people that are using the drugs like they'd be able to use test kits and they'd be able to get help if they wanted to overcome addictions absolutely. a lot easier there wouldn't be the shame and stigma behind you know doing a yeah. drug because now it's not a criminal behavior instead it's it's a problem but it's not a criminal behavior yeah absolutely and honestly like if people want to do drugs and if people want to sell drugs like that's up to them. You know right. what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I don't think it's a good idea, but I don't think a lot, like, I don't think eating McDonald's is a good idea, but I'm not <laughs> going to be like, we have to outlaw all fast food because it's not good for you. No, like, we're we're all human beings. We, we all have make... the right to make our own choices and Absolutely. live or die by them if we want Absolutely. to. And, you know, and, and it, so it's just, I don't see why it's, it, it's just making everything worse. And it, I think it's also increasing, like, the violence surrounding this drug epidemic, right? It's like creating more gangs and more tension between like the police and, you know, like the regular people. And it's just overall, I, we're, we're seeing the escalation of this and it's just getting worse and worse and, and nothing the, the state does can, can make it better. They, all they can do is make it worse. I wanted to see if I could find anything about that where it said, um, something about just last week. It says the department has imposed 200 sanctions since that executive order was issued, like the one by Biden, including a transnational criminal organization supplying precursor precursor chemicals. The Treasury targeted just last week. This was this um article we just read was from December 4th, but I couldn't find anything just last week of that. But I did find on October 3rd, it said the Treasury targets large Chinese network of illicit drug producers from mm. October 3rd. And they're targeting 28 individuals and entities in China that are making chemicals that end up being fentanyl. Okay, because I think that's where most of it comes from. Yeah, from most China. of it's coming from China, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, that just, it's always crazy to me whenever the United States government goes and arrests people in another country and, and like they're being tried in Florida. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, it says, today the U.S. Department of Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control, um, or OFAC, designated 28 individuals and entities involved with the international prolification of illicit drugs, including a China-based network responsible for the manufacturing and distribution of ton quantities of fentanyl, methamphetamine, and MDMA precursors. Those designated by OFAC today are also involved in the global trafficking of xylazine and nidazines, which are highly potent and often mixed with illicit fentanyl and or other drugs. Wow. So is there some more potent than fentanyl getting mixed with the fentanyl now? Yeah, that's a little scary. I'd never heard of those things. Xylazine with the X. I feel like, you know, I have heard of that. Could be like that. a class. I, um, what do they call it? Is that crank? I think they call it crank. Maybe too. I can just cl- huh. uh, go and look this up, like, and it'll just pop up. Because like, I had crank. just heard that, um, I had just heard of someone using that recently and i was like really i'd never heard of it oh, wow. and then i think um someone was telling me that that's what I, i've heard of crank before but i don't know a oh trank of, maybe that's what you're trank, thinking trank. Trank. Yeah, yeah i was yeah, like yeah, isn't crank uh, so so apparently crack? um yeah i'm like i don't i don't know <laughs> i didn't know my drugs either <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> Thank I'm like, I don't know like heroin and stuff like that so. but yeah. um yeah so tr- trank you said right trank? Yeah, with a q yeah like yeah, tranquilizer yeah. so i had just Heard about this Must thing. Must be what, yeah. yeah what and it's it's apparently, yes, like it's saying like it's stronger than fentanyl. And apparently um, the withdrawals from it are a lot worse. Wow. Um, and it Isn't also, fentanyl pretty bad already? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way worse than like heroin. Like the withdrawals are like worse than heroin or like any other opiates, right? And this is the thing, like the stronger the drugs get, like just the worse and worse and worse everything surrounding it gets, right? So God. with the trank... Um, I think also it gives you, because, like, people are shooting it up, obviously, um, and it gives you, like, these, like, not like a flesh-eating disease, but, like, kind of. It's, like, really, really rough on the veins. Uh. Um, so, yeah, it's just It overall, doesn't sound like a fun thing to take. I wonder why people take it. Probably because it's strong and it gets them high. I don't know why people do stuff like meth, and that's crazy yeah, why they want to be high. <laughs> so crazy. 603-283-6160. That's the phone number you can call to get in on the conversation with us. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. 
Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call. That is 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And it's Free Talk Live. And this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to which one moves forward. Yeah, they propose which one moves forward and are funded by the treasury. Nowadays, DAOs, which is D-A-O, Decentralized Autonomous Organization, are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. And so in the last segment, we were just getting into what this xylazine stuff is called Trank. Not that that's really, like, newsworthy, but it's interesting to me because now we have something more powerful than fentanyl going around that's actually being mixed in with fentanyl. It, it's the fentanyl to... It, it's it's heroin's fentanyl. Now this is the yeah. trank to the fentanyl. Oh, wow. I yeah. mean, it's it's kind of scary that some people are into the stuff because, yeah. you know, I I enjoy weed. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, some drugs are just... <laughs> that is, yeah, it's, like, hard to even compare weed to this stuff, right? <laughs> right. You know what right. I mean? It's just like, um, you know, dude, don't be so ridiculous and take all these chemicals. Yeah. You can... Crocodilia. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, have you guys ever heard of crocodile yeah, or whatever Yeah, that's what I always it? think of when I'm thinking of, like, the Crazy craziest stuff. drug I that, can't And that's, like, in takes. the United States now. I don't think it's widely used for obvious reasons, but, yeah, yeah the listeners have never heard of this thing. Mm. It started... I, the documentary I watched about it was about Russia. Yeah. So um, there were these, like, underground people living in Russia that were using this drug called Crocodile. And, you know, like, oh, as weird. most... Um, as most, like, substances like this, a lot of people will inject them intravenously, and it essentially gives you, like, this awful flesh-eating disease. I can't even remember what they were saying the high was like. Like, I, I can't even remember what kind Mechie, of drug it is. Like, if ha- it, speedy. If it, yeah, if it was, like, an upper or a downer or whatever. Um, I think it was, like, a... Like I'm a, pretty or, sure it's not an all-arounder, like, a psychedelic. <laughs> no, definitely not. It might have been more, like, meth or something. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. But these people were heavily addicted to it, and they were getting these like awful wounds. Like it was, it yeah. would literally give you a flesh-eating disease. And it was so sad seeing these people like living on the streets in their like. I don't want to get too graphic for people that don't have a strong stomach, but it's like, yeah, it, it would literally like it was, it was killing them. Yeah, like it was eating them alive, literally. And these people were just like so addicted to, it. and I'm sure. I think they were also saying that the withdrawals off of it were so bad because I think a lot of people that don't use drugs or like aren't really familiar with like I don't have any family members or friends or anybody that has been like actually addicted to drugs. They don't realize that a lot of people are only doing drugs uh, because they don't want to feel like garbage. 
they're they're heavily addicted to these drugs and even like you can get addicted to pharmaceuticals like this you know what i mean yeah. oh, so of it's course. like you build up this tolerance um and you're you're a dependence so you're you have a physical and sometimes even a mental dependence on this substance oh yeah and then yeah. when you don't use it um you become incredibly sick incredibly ill um anxious shaky um is some things like alcohol you can have seizures uh-huh. um, yeah. or even like prescription stuff like ativan clonopin like stuff that they give you for anxiety um if you're on it for long enough and if you're on a high enough dose if you stop taking it abruptly you can have a seizure you can die like these are very very serious concerns that people who are addicted to substances have like it's it's a, absolutely a safety concern hmm. so a lot of these people are like they're like oh you addicts like you're just homeless people trash like, uh, there, there's so much judgment and stigma surrounding it and it's like these people like they they physically like need help to stop or else they might die or they'll yeah. just be so sick that it is so unbearable that they have to go get the drugs so they are not sick anymore. Like it is the only thing, and that's that will and cure. And some it. people actually kind of get addicted to being dope sick, and that's, that's a little crazy. Yeah, that, like, that, that, like chase, that term. Right? That's crazy you use that term, Riley. Because I was just about to say that Ian was reading me all the people write write stuff inside the jail cell walls, and he was reading me what was on his jail cell wall, and one of them said, "I'm dope sick." Oh man, Ian like, has so much time on his hands. Yeah, <laughs> I was like. Oh, but if yeah, somebody I mean, was like being in jail in there yeah. sucks. Oh. Imagine like also being in withdrawals and like oh I've heard God. like I think they do have the capabilities in these facilities to like give people like methadone or whatever to like right. make them not sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but they probably don't. I mean, they don't care about you. Like you're in jail. Like they don't they don't really care. They're not going to give you like especially something like like you can't die from like heroin or fentanyl withdrawals. Hmm. So no. they really don't care. Like some stuff like if you're going to like die then they're you know they they can't let you die but yeah they don't care if you feel sick so i I couldn't imagine how bad that is like being in prison and also like like being trapped in this cell and you are just so violently ill for days and there's Uh. nothing like and they just won't help you like that's so sad to think about you know i agree it's inhumane it is a little inhumane and you know it's really sad that our prison systems are built this way i mean they they claim oh we just want to help people rehabilitate and get back into society no you don't no you're harming people you're harming people by locking them in a cage and letting them go through this dope sickness instead of saying hey wait a minute how can we help them get through this and then rehabilitate yeah, back into society yeah. it's sad that doing a drug is something that gets you locked in a cage and treated like less than a human instead oh, of absolutely yeah. and i mean like going back to the rehabilitation you know farce that they have I know so many people who were arrested for usually usually drug crimes when they were very young, maybe they're like 18, 19, 20, um, and they, they went to jail for you know a certain amount of time, and the things they learned slash were doing in jail, like it essentially like taught them how to be a criminal, and then of yeah. course, you know, it's, it's more difficult to get a job after you've been incarcerated, especially if you have a felony. Oh yeah, boy, good luck getting a job. Um, so then essentially these people are forced not, I mean, obviously you always have options, but a lot of them, like the easiest way to go is like, all right, well now I, I basically learned how to sell drugs or, or commit crimes or whatever. So then people kind of, you know, it's, it's not, it's not rehabilitating people. It's actually like almost turning people into criminals. You know what I mean? Like it's teaching you how to, to break the law and it's kind of like 
forcing people's hands. You know, like if it, you can't, it's really like you can't get some jobs if you have a criminal history. You just can't. So yeah, it's really just making it's taking um, away so much of your time and um, money that yeah opportunities too right, you know? that you could have been like making a business or something. Well, Absolutely, you're not now because you're in jail. Um, yeah, I just I just wanted to like finish talking about that a little bit because it was involved in this conversation, the Trink um, conversation, because it was involved in this conversation we were reading uh, um, from October third. Um, the Treasury targeted the U.S. Treasury Department targeted a large Chinese network of illicit drug producers, and it just it blows my mind because it's like, is it illegal in China? Probably. Like they have kind of a yeah, it must be right. They have. I mean, a, it's a communist society, so I'm imagining some drugs might be illegal. Yeah, isn't everything illegal in China? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, they have kind of. I don't want to say yeah. conservative, but uh, like, uh, I don't know. Dictatorship. Yeah, but also, <laughs> I don't know. I I think that they're not cool with drugs. Like, really no, I don't not think cool so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm trying yeah, to say. I don't think there's a lot of drug freedom going on. Yeah, going on in I don't China. think conservative is the right word just like I, I don't know they probably are not cool with drugs so it's probably legal they're there, not progressive why do they need the the united states government going and arresting people though that's just a little weird it seems it every time i hear about something like this it seems to like kind of be pushing boundaries like the united states is like yeah what, what are you going to do about it though like we are the biggest empire on the world we get to decide what we want to do with other countries right like the guy who is getting in trouble from Binance. He's not in the United States and he's being charged. Yeah. In like Yeah, it seems like it would be out of their jurisdiction, right? Right. You know he's I mean? not using it's not dollars, it's Bitcoin. Well, maybe he's taking and using dollars in the process, but I don't have that story right in front of me. But we could get into that tonight if anyone wanted to talk about that. And if you want to call in and bring it up, 603-283-6160. But I'm going to read a little bit more from this story of, it's actually not a story, it's the U.S. Department of Treasury's website, their press release about this. It says, um, those designated by the OFAC, those drugs, today are also involved in the global trafficking, oh, the drug use, uh, traffickers. They're involved in the global trafficking of xylazine and nidazines, which are highly potent and often mixed with illicit fentanyl or other drugs. Quote, Treasury is taking sweeping action with our colleagues in law enforcement to expose and disrupt a network responsible for manufacturing and distributing illicit drugs, including fentanyl and other substances that take thousands of Americans' lives each year. Unquote, said Deputy Secretary of the Treasury, Wally Adamo. That's weird. I read his name somewhere else recently. Because huh. I was like, isn't Adamo like a name of a, a guy who was a... A uh, big time activist here. In oh yeah, yeah. Daniel Freeman was a Freeman, cop yeah. block advocate. That's what he was. He's the yeah, he cop was, block. Yeah, and he's been arrested. I I've heard about him on Derek J's Victimless Crimes Free video. He got arrested recently. No, not recently. Oh, but back I was listening was... to Derek J or watching or whatever you want to call it. Derek J's Victimless Crimes Free video on YouTube. Recently. Yeah, I was I was listening to it or watching it recently. In fact. Either was I it? still haven't seen that. You gotta do. You gotta watch it. I know. It's, I'm like dude, surprised. I'm like, how have I lived is, here for so it's long? Brilliant. And I love it. I love Derek J's I, yeah. activism. It just makes me I feel so good. I wish Derek I could do J, some of it, but so I, would I don't want to get arrested. You would love it then. I forgot yeah. that. Like you knew Derek J because I forgot yeah. he lived here when I first moved here. He yeah. did. But um. Yeah, I don't want to get arrested. I don't want to get Lana upset and be like, oh no, my 
my boyfriend's arrested. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I don't have time for that, unfortunately. But yeah. thank you for everyone who does have time for that. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you for that. your service, <laughs> thank you for your service and getting arrested so the rest oh, of us don't have to. Gosh. I didn't watch Derek's uh, Jay's. Uh, sorry, Derek Jay's victimless crime spree for like a whole like year into knowing Ian, which is kind of surprising. But now I've seen it more than once because he showed it to me. Then. My friend Anthony came and stayed for a few days, and we wanted to show. Well, he wanted us to show him because there's this poster upstairs. Yeah. And well, Anthony's also gay, and he was like, "Oh my God, Derek J is so handsome. Like, <laughs> I have to watch funny. this." And so then I saw it then, and then Elsbeth, my little sister, who lives here now, wanted to watch it. So I've seen it like three times. Yeah. And nice. What did really Elsbeth think about it? She was like really inspired, and so was Anthony. Like both of them have done door knocking for quote unquote libertarian things it really inspires people to want to become like real activists not saying that that's 100 not real activism but yeah. when you're doing it yeah. for like yeah young americans for liberty i mean it's not really libertarian activism no it's really point. not you're just knocking on doors but when for you're challenging authority when you're stepping into this this role of i'm going to challenge yeah. these people who think they have the right to rule me you're taking a big risk you're paying a target on your chest you might yep. get arrested yep Derek j was facing nine years after all the stuff the victimless quote unquote crimes that he mm-hmm. committed. Like filming police, you know, filming in a courtroom or whatever he was doing. Smoking or, weed, I think. Yeah, smoking weed like I do in downtown Keene, New Hampshire, which is really nice to do, but right now because the police aren't harassing anybody. They were it used to be a lot worse about it before it got oh, decriminalized. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's still activism because we I don't know, I, I think it's activism because you could potentially they could use discretion and go after you. And yep. absolutely, yeah. I and think it's, it's still great. illegal on the federal level level too. Right. So. And also I think it's just like um an important thing to, you know, be like if you have you have the right to do it, so do it, you know? It's it's just like showing people that it doesn't matter what the social norm is, like Riley's gonna do what he wants to That's do. That's how I feel about open carrying. Because, like, a lot of people are like, well, why do you open carry? Because, one, it's more comfortable for me most of the time. And, two, because I can. Changing the culture, too. like Yeah, no, exactly. I think, um, I don't know, maybe Dave Ridley was the one that um, coordinated this. It was a a long time ago, I believe. Oh, yeah. But they did the open carry, like, trash pickup. That was Dave Ridley. Yeah, I I thought it was Dave. But they did the open carry trash pickup, and it's like... Um, and then also another thing, because it just shows like, oh my gosh, these people have guns. And then you're yeah. like, wait, What's they're doing, on? they're doing a nice thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. And what then, a um, concept. <laughs> there was a group of moms in Concord, I believe, that um, did an open carry um, playground visit. Oh. And I think they they were telling me the woman I was talking to was like, oh yeah. It's kind of like not in a great neighborhood. And she was like, that was the first time ever I felt like really, really safe hmm. bringing huh. my kids there. She was like, no, no one's kid is getting snatched up today. Like with like seven moms, there, all with, they didn't have like rifles or anything, but they were like open carrying pistols. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, no one's messing with us today. And that's kind of like how I feel. It's like, that's really great. Hadn't heard that. I mean, there's like pros and cons to open carrying, obviously. Like if, like it kind of does make you a target. Yeah. Because it's like if somebody's like shooting up a grocery store, if they see that you have a gun, it's like, well, I'm going to take this person out because they're, you know, you're going to assume everybody else is unarmed. But 
but I think that's such a rare scenario. Right. And I think for the most part in like normal day to day occurrences, if somebody sees that I have a firearm on me and they're like, oh, I'm going to try to like mess with her. Not like I really worry about that in like New Hampshire, but but just in general, it's like you're not going to mess with me. Because you see that I'm armed. Yeah, you know still, what I mean? Still stuff happens so, even in New Hampshire. That's um, true, yeah. It's less likely because of the culture Absolutely. of having guns. So yeah. I, I was just thinking the other day, it'd be really fun to, well, while we're smoking weed downtown, doing our 420 rally, is, you know, there's there's a lot of leaves down there sometimes. And it'd be nice to take some trash bags and clean them up while we're doing our 420 rally. Oh, that would be nice. And I, um, me and Ridley have talked about this before, um, where he wanted to restart doing his trash pickups and he was doing it himself and just kind of having people film him at the time and uh i was saying oh it would be a good idea if people like all tried to wear free estate project type shirts while they were doing yeah. it oh absolutely um, that'd be a good i idea. mean it's a good idea to keep your neighborhood clean because it's it's looking after the earth and you know she's a she's a nice entity we gotta look out for her you know ridley did point out it's hard to get people to wear the same shirt yeah it is especially here in new hampshire we're, we're libertarians it's like herding cats yeah yeah <laughs> But I feel like most of us have some type of shirt that says something about liberty or something like that. Oh, yeah. I have several. Oh, yeah. Can't really yeah. think of I have Like a an NH exit shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah. I used to do a lot of stuff in the Free the Crypto 6 shirts. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Chris had so many of them. So like anytime I would show up to an event like not wearing it, he would just give me another one. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up with like five of them. Oh, yeah, man. I have two. So, so I was like, I've been like trying to give them away. I'm like, I know it. It's not really over. The Crypto 6 thing isn't over, obviously, because, like, Ian and Arya are in jail, and we should absolutely, you know, like... It's a little, like, it's not the 6, but we just kind of yeah. never changed it. Maybe we'll just... I'll just, like, cross off the 6 on the shirt and just put 2. Yeah, we are talking about, uh, <laughs> for a while, we were like, like should re-branding? we just start saying the Crypto Duo? But, but I feel like the, those on. people were still attacked. Like, I, I feel like it still is the Crypto 6 because, like, all of those people we're still directly attacked yeah. oh, by the feds. Yeah, when you talk about it you in that context, I mean? like, what happened, definitely. Like, yeah, like, they were, yeah, like, that's, so. And if yeah. you don't know what that means, the crypt- thecrypto6.com, you can go to learn more about how this house that we're sitting in right now was raided by the FBI and the post office and the U.S. <laughs> can Treasury. Can you imagine a post <laughs> office coming on an FBI yeah. raid and, and harming people? It's there just was. so atrocious. Yep. Yep. It's the atrocious. The post office was there. The, the government is an atrocious organization. Wasn't there like so seven scary. different alphabet agencies six, there? Six. Sounds right. Oh, six, six or seven. Yeah. yeah. There was Wild. apparently 56 officers at our house. So 56? Yeah. That's so horrible. When, when I walked outside, oh it was like, there are so many people here. What's going on? Like, what? I, I'm not, I don't want to say what I thought it could be about because that sounds like admitting to something else bad and it's not how I mean it, but... Moving on, we're talking about <laughs> this story of. Um, we don't need you admitting admitting to anything on air. Well, do you know what the Derek J's victimless crime spree um, URL would be? Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'll look it up during the next segment because I don't really have the um, brain space to like talk and try to figure that out while um, talking about it. But we'll give you the URL if you want to go to the URL. Or you can just Google Derek J's victimless crime spree, and I'm sure that it will come up because you can watch it on YouTube. Yep. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number if you think of something you want to talk about before then. But moving on, it says, the Treasury is taking sweeping actions. Oh, I already read that one. 
The Treasury's actions complement indictments issued by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Florida in the Middle District of Florida. For information on actions taken by the U.S. Department of Justice, please see this link. And these de- designations, which... So, wait, I'm a little confused. So, these sanctions... The Treasury's sanctions complement indictments. I, I When I just saw, like, a sm- small... Um, snippet before i clicked on this link i thought it was saying that these people in china are being charged in florida so is that what that means i think they're indicting them and making and charging them before they try them or whatever i don't know I, I, i'm not reading the story so i couldn't answer the question yeah but i just don't know what that meant by it. they complement the indictments i've just never heard that term it says these designations which target 12 entities and 13 individuals based in China and two entities and one individual based in Canada pursuant to executive order 14059 would not have been possible without the cooperation support and ongoing collaboration between the treasury's OFAC internal revenue services criminal investigations and financial crimes enforcement network the drug enforcement administration and the department of homeland security's u.s customs and border protection agency man that that kind of ties into what we we're just talking about it's like they've got a lot of different groups of goons and they'll use all of them to come after you if, if they want to of course they will That's i like what they do i like how that read like i was like giving a speech like we couldn't have done it without my uh, mother I'm... and her support <laughs> that is what it sounded like <laughs> yeah so as these partnerships highlight the Biden-Harris administration's strengthened whole-of-government offensive to save lives by disrupting illicit fentanyl supply chains around the globe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Talk about global um It's a police. global war on drugs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not what, you know, governments are supposed to do. That's definitely not what the United States government was supposed to do with, with its inception. At its inception, that was not the idea. Yeah, I mean... I know people don't like the idea of glorifying drug use, but this is not the way to solve the war on drugs. Right. It's not glorifying drug use at all to say that this is only going to make things worse, make drug dealers who are in the um, business of it make more money because it's, you know, now more difficult. You're just taking out some competition for the other drug dealers, and now they're going to make more money. Well, we'll be glorifying drug use as saying these things are the best things ever, and they're going to save your lives, and they're going to be pushed on you by the government. Oh, like pharmaceuticals? Yes. Yep, that's exactly what they do. Because it's not like people aren't addicted to, you know, Percocet right now that they're getting from their doctor. And you can overdose on it, too. Uh Uh-huh. But it's a pharmaceutical drug, so it's fine. Those are the the real drug dealers who are now going to be making more money whenever they take out an illicit um, manufacturer. Absolutely. This last paragraph here, it says this action follows a rapid increase in Treasury financial sanctions targeting the illicit fentanyl supply chain, including a recent action against China and Mexico-based enablers of counterfeit pill production. Furthermore, this action demonstrates that or the importance of coordination amongst authorities in, in investigating precursor supply chains in disrupting financial flows of illicit drugs proceeds as identified in the Financial Action Task Force is 2022 report on money laundering from fentanyl and synthetic opioids. And actually, there's a little bit more to this, um, but I don't think it's necessarily um, important for our uh, um, what we were doing here. Just wanted to learn more about like what is the U.S. Treasury Department doing going after drugs? It seems so 
weird and random. It does seem a little random, but then again, the post office came to raid this house, so who knows what this so-called, what the parasite class is doing to you. It is just another example of a new groom, or goon, sorry, goon squad being used, you know, like just more people can now get a job going after other people and going on parades, which they find really fun. Of course they do. They love power. They love authority. 603-283-6160 is the phone number. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. The new fourth edition of Healing Our World, The Compassion of Libertarianism, will take your understanding of liberty to a deeper level and has over 1,300 updated references, new cartoons, and a forward by Dr. Ron Paul. With discounts for multiple book purchases, the fourth edition of Healing Our World is a great gift for the liberals, pragmatists, environmentalists, and Christians in your life who think libertarianism is cold-hearted. Get yours today at healing.freetalklive.com and use promo code FTL for a $5 discount. If you have anything you want to talk about, it makes the show fun. It's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. Please do call in. We love stimulating conversation. It's fun to talk with Nikki and Bonnie, but, you know, sometimes it's fun to talk to you, too. Yeah, it always, like, changes up the conversation. I do have a new thing I want to tell you about. It's ForkFest 2024. Yay! What is ForkFest? Well, join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 13th through the 16th for the 8th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. Fork Fest happens the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Forkfest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the Forkfest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the Forkfest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 13th through the 16th. ForkFest.Party. I know what ForkFest is, but I was just going to make a joke that, you know, is ForkFest where we bring forks and have fun? <laughs> so I, everybody's like, ForkFest, is that like a barbecue? Yeah, that does <laughs> no, sound like that. that's the Porcupine like, Freedom so Festival. Like a, like, a, like a pig roast or something? <laughs> uh, Wait, and when I first heard them talking about ForkFest on Free Talk Live, I always was thinking, uh, maybe like it's food related yeah like food trucks or something yeah, yeah. that'd and the be fun th- if we had food trucks there and yeah. the nice thing about fork fest is it's different than the porcupine freedom festival it's a smaller event and it's a fork and the reason why it's forked off from the porcupine freedom festival because 
Over the past few years, the Porcupine Freedom Festival has gone on and off from being authoritarian to being less authoritarian and more authoritarian. And who knows where it's going to be in 2024. So it's just nice to have events where libertarians can be more relaxed and do whatever the hell they yeah, want. Basically, Forkfest is what Porkfest was like in the beginning. Right. I've never been it to... got like so I wasn't there either but yeah. um yeah just and and I and I do get it. I know it's a for, pork fest is a massive festival at this point and to be the one like coordinating it and like putting all of that together like stresses people out. And it's like there's there is some drama, right? And it's like so I don't know. It's just I think it's the nature of like when something gets that big, it just it's it's not the same. Uh, it's still an incredibly good time. I mean, I'm going to Pork Fest this year and Fork Fest. Nice. Um, so I'll be there the whole time. Um, and it's always a blast, you know. So, but but it is true what Riley's saying. Like it's just so much more relaxed at Fork Fest. Yep, I attended. I, I didn't intend to attend any days of Forkfest, but I was there walking around, hanging out for one day during, wait, your, yeah, your wedding was Forkfest, right? Yeah. So yes, last year I had, I was there for one day of Forkfest, walking around, talking to people. It is a lot more laid back. And this year, there have been tons of people who are pledging to make Forkfest great again. Because Yay. a lot of people are tired of just, you know, complaining and complaining about Forkfest, not that Porkfest is really bad or anything. I had a lot of fun there last year. It's just that there people if somebody's in charge, quote unquote, then they're going going to make decisions that someone's not going to agree with and they've been doing that time and time again. Mm-hmm. Like this year they have relegated the uh nudists to the back and, and it just isn't a good situation uh, yeah. for people who really want it to be like a everything goes Freedom Festival. There's yeah. a bunch of conservative people who are like, yeah. well, we, we can't have want... that Freedom Festival's too free. Well, yeah. I think there's <laughs> like, as most things, like there's just a spectrum oh, yeah. of oh, libertarianism, of right? So yeah. you have like some people who are like conservatarians mm-hmm. um, who don't actually really know what freedom is or maybe they just don't care. Maybe their religion and their beliefs and their, like their freedom is more important than yours. Yeah. And, and they don't want to see you naked or smoking pot or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my point is, like, where does it end? Right. Right? I, I agree. So, um, so yeah, I feel like I, I'm obviously a more on the anarchist side of the spectrum where, like... I, I, and I think, I think this show kind of is a little bit more hardcore, yeah. freedom-oriented yeah. We, we really than, are. <laughs> than most other people, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah, we're, we're tough critics. It's like, yeah, you, you're, exactly. you're controlling people and you're taking away, you're literally taking away people's freedom. Out of freedom I festival. mean, like, yeah. Like yeah. This- I, I want to see people have the freedom to do whatever they want with their bodies and their minds as long as they do, don't interfer- interfere with my freedoms. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't like, you want to have an event that proves the things we're, we're all always talking about? Yeah. Like that people shouldn't control other people. But yeah. Now, I may not be a fan of new people walking around a campground, but I'm not going to stop them. Right. Um, I At first, I thought I wouldn't really like it, but honestly, I got used to it so fast. Like huh. naked people? Okay. Yeah, just walking yeah. around, talking to Jeff, and there, but there's also giving like us a tour. Not that, it's not like... 
we have a hundred naked people. Yeah. It's like a handful of people who it are It seems nudists, like some of them right? are generally, hopefully, a little more respectful and not jerks about it. Yeah, and I, I think, like, within the nudist community, I think they overall, like, do kind of have, like, just, like, basic boundaries set up that they, yeah, they, have their, they typically like, rules follow. For the campground that Jeff runs, um, he has his rules Body posted. Body Freedom Village? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. He has his little rules posted, like, if you're going to sit down, use a towel. I yeah. remember that one. Yeah, I know exactly. Like, so I guess we got to have to clean things if you're going to sit down, right? You know, right, you got to use right. a towel. Exactly. Keep, keep, the, so. keep things clean. And uh, they yeah. even sell their own towels. Um, I, I don't know. All, all I was bringing it up for was to say that a lot of people want Fork Fest to be, like, this to be the best Fork Fest ever. And people have been texting me talking about organizing and um, ideas for starting to promote it on the air. And that's why I read the live read for mm-hmm. Forkfest today. Because somebody reminded me of it. And Ian actually he thought of everything and he wrote that before he went to jail. Good man. Yeah. And you it, got a good husband, Bonnie. Yep, definitely. And um, I, he even has had an LRN.FM, which is the radio network. You can Google LRN.FM to go to to listen to Free Talk Live and other um, libertarian related uh shows on lrn.fm and ian's had a ad running already for fork fest so yeah it's like been, the word's been getting out a little bit and a lot of people want to have more stuff set up next year or this year th- this coming 2024 so hopefully there will be stuff like maybe food trucks i don't know i'll let you know as soon as i find out and it's official but yeah, that's ForkFest.Party. I've, I've never been to any of these festivals. I'm not a huge, huge fan of camping. I like to be in my own bed, and mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. You've never been to ForkFest? No, I've never been Are to ForkFest gonna... either. I mean, I'd like to go partly to experience it, but... I don't really like camping. So, so there are there are motel rooms on site. They're probably already sold out, but there is um, like ho- like hotels very close by. Too. Yeah. So I know a lot of people who are not a fan of camping. That's kind of what they do. I mm-hmm. might see if I can get a hotel room if I'm really really amping myself up to go. I never have slept like in a tent or outside or anything, and I don't think I really could. Honestly, <laughs> Bonnie, you don't look like you plan on it. I don't plan on it for sure. <laughs> I'm not saying it's like, oh, that's beneath me and I never would. Like, it might be fun. I, I would rather do it by myself. Like, not by myself, but with, like, Ian and me and my dog yeah. at, alone. Then, like, not I don't like know. Not like a festival? I just don't yeah. know what, what it is. So, I, I was telling Aria that I am more comfortable in my tent. Like, because we have a pretty, like, cool yeah, setup. Yeah. We, have, we have a sweet lots setup. Lots of good stuff for it. Um, But I was telling her, I was like, I'm more comfortable in my tent than I am in the motel room. And she was like completely dumbfounded, like couldn't even That's the other thing. Like I haven't had to sleep (laughs) in the motels yet. Like I've been in the rooms and I don't really think I would enjoy sleeping in the motels either. So yeah, they're pretty bad. That's kind of a toss up. (laughs) But moving on, whenever two hosts come up up with or come in with the same show prop, it's usually a surefire. We need to talk about this. Type of thing, and I don't, I don't have the exact same um, article as Riley, but Riley, you brought in this article about Russia LGBTQ um, uh, issues happening in we Russia in right now. We brought similar stories. That's crazy. Yeah, like I had the same. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even coordinate story. with you, Bonnie. How did that happen? <laughs> well, I'm honestly surprised it doesn't happen more often. Uh, but this time it did. Ian sent me this stuff. Uh, sent me that there, he was seeing well, articles on in Ian, AP about Ian it. Ian and I must be thinking alike, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, so you hear a lot that in Russia they're really anti LGBT. Yeah. Uh 
I, I guess I'm adding cute. It's not in this article for some reason. But, yeah. They're anti-lesbian people, gay people, bi people, and trans people. I guess you couldn't really say that the Moscow government is, like, going after questioning people. So, sure, I'll leave the cue off. I don't know. But um, they're raiding Moscow gay clubs right now. Gross. Oh, jeez. And that's crazy. So, basically... Um, you, you think about Russia a lot as being really anti-gay and trans people, but I've always heard that that's more of a myth than people make it out to be. Like, that, that they're not actually going and killing people or anything like that. Like, I've heard lots of gay people say that. Like, they're like, no, we could go to Russia, it'd be fine. But now they've really cranked it up, like, in re this last month. So um, I don't really know why. Like, that seems kind of random. Like, aren't you in the middle of something else you're doing that's kind of... Yeah, aren't you in the middle of <laughs> yeah. war with uh, another yeah. country? Yeah, right. Are you like guys kind of busy? Now aren't you're going you after busy? war with your own citizens yeah. who have there sex differently than you. They're, they're addicted to war. Yep, definitely. It says, police in Moscow have raided several gay clubs. Local media reports a day after Russia's Supreme Court moved to outlaw, quote, the LGBT movement. So they're mm. outlawing a movement. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. America, let's say that you live in an alternative reality where heterosexuality was not the norm, hmm. where heterosexuality has been deemed as a sin for thousands of years. How dare you heterosexual couples have your sexual relationships? We need to outlaw you. This is, what hap this is what's happening in Russia. This is what's happening in a country that, you know, is not free. And most people say that is it, it's a horrible place for freedom. Yep. And yet here we are dealing with the, the idea that people engaging in consensual behavior, consensual, maybe sexual behavior, are being treated like criminals. How do you justify this? How do you, in your minds, justify treating consensual behavior like a criminal? Are you going to tell me that your magical holy book called the Bible says you get to treat people like criminals because you don't agree with their sexual practices and you see them as sinners? I don't think so. Yep. That's crazy. I can't imagine it. Like, imagine um, that we're reading an article that says, so the United States has voted to outlaw the straight movement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It yeah. just doesn't, I, I just don't know why people care. I mean, I don't really either. why, like. Like, I could understand if they're all me. in your face about it and shove it in your face. But, you know, more and more, hetero homosexuality has been embraced and treated like it's a normal, healthy thing to have gay people interact with with people in well, society. They literally, like, in, like, ancient, like, Greek and Roman times, like, they were literally gay people. Oh, of course they were. Like, they were not, like, it was, like, mentioned in ancient texts. Yeah. So it's not, like, I, I feel like a lot of people, and it was really, like, the, like, you know, Christianity that kind of, like, made that not okay, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, like, previously it was a thing, and then it was, like, outlawed, you know, well, in, in many, many places. I think Judaism probably really underscored the reality of, of gay people being bad. Yeah, I think it probably like all of the Abrahamic religions, yeah. I think it's like most of them think that it's not cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's it's touted as like this new age movement. And it's like, no, like now people can be who they are without worrying that you're going to murder them. Yeah, because it's, it's like, really what it is. It's, it's like that because like it's 
you know, people nowadays are like 60 years old. To them, it's like, no, it was always this way. It was always everybody was straight. It's it, like, was, no. it was fine to just no. go up to little kids and be like, where's no. your boyfriend? Yeah. Heard of beautiful girl? Like, now, if you went up and said, do you have a boyfriend? To somebody's son, I, I would still think that's a little inappropriate because it's, it's like, weird to sexualize children. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that, too. But, like, old but, ladies think it's totally normal to go up and be like, like oh, he's such a stud. Like, you're going to be yeah. such a ladies' man. It's like, how is that? <laughs> yeah, not, how's that How's that like, not appropriate? I mean, how's that even appropriate these days? Like, it's always been fine. I'm 60 right. years old. So it's, like, the yeah. same. It's the same people who, like, have no respect for, like, children's boundaries and their bodies and, like, make, like, weird comments about children. It's always those people that are like offended by adults doing things consensually you know what i mean yeah. it's yep. just like i i don't know it's just a i think the big concern i think the big concern is you know with these people is it's sexual purity they believe in a world where they got to insulate themselves from from sex from reality from all these things because they want to view sex as sacred now i have no problem if people want to view sex as sacred or whatever but do not force your religious morals on those of us who want to enjoy sex, who want to enjoy sex outside your bounds that you pretend are moral and right. For me, if I want to have sex with my girlfriend, I don't need your government, your religion, your ceremonial whatever to tell me that my girlfriend and I can have are allowed. sex. Are yeah. allowed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is, this, this is our relationship. We decide what our norm, what our sexual practices are going to be, and if we find them acceptable in our eyes, you don't have a right to interfere. Yeah, like it's a, it's a person, it's like a private issue, right? Like it's on right. like a personal level, and it's like, why are we making legislation about this? It's crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, just to be clear, it is Russia doing that, not the United States. But um, I, I earlier I had said, imagine if the United States. Um, outlawed straightness or whatever but yeah. i just don't want the listener to get confused right but you know what's the worst part about this i think that russia would be such a fun place to go to if they weren't doing stuff that was like really bad like going to war with other people or other countries uh ukraine and outlawing gay people and, and i just think a gay club in russia would be like one of the funniest oh, yeah. places to ever oh, go oh i could imagine club. i mean think of it these people who have been so oppressed for so long are gonna have a fabulous party i'm sure <laughs> yeah it's just like they listen it to fun techno so, music yeah so i'm um i for like a while i was like really interested in like russia and like the 1800s like oh. i don't know i was just like researching like the monarchy kind of a lot for some reason and i just got really into that um, and it is like so sad how so much culture was just destroyed in Russia because of the introduction of communism. Right. Like they they burned buildings down. Like they completely like stole so much of this ancient Russian culture that was like so vibrant. Like there were so many like very intelligent Groups. like scholars and and authors and artists like there was so much going on in russia that was so good yeah. and like don't get me wrong like i'm still not a fan of governments so like the um i can't think of their last name right now but the the monarchy that was like uh, anastasia yes yeah the, the romanovs oh that's it. so the people that were controlling russia at the time yeah there were peasants there were poor people like it wasn't all great but what happened after they were all murdered, like con the introduction of communism in that whole span of Russia was really dark. Yeah. Oh, and, and interestingly, 
that you bring that up because under Hitler's Germany, arts and culture were absolutely eradicated and changed. Absolutely. Mm. And yeah. Germany used to be a fine place to create beautiful music, but World War Two and the horrible criminal, the horrible, disgusting human being Adolf Hitler ruined it. Yep. Um, the other thing about it is it's just a... a I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I it, forgot what the article. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, we're talking about right, gay people that's why in I Russia, like, right? Yeah. But, but I had something I was going to comment on what you said, and I lost it. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, it, it's really sad. Um, apparently, there's 180 plus different types of cultural groups in Russia. I, I mean, it's huge. Wow. It's a massive country. Um, another thing I've been researching, so, you know, speaking of Russia, is, um, and again, I forget what the town is called. But it's, like, Siberian Russia, like, people, like, how they live in Siberia just in, like, such... Because you can't have pipes. Did you watch that Red-Headed yeah. Girls video about it? Uh, maybe, yeah. There's this red-headed girl that pops up all the time for yeah. me that talks about Russia. That's how I heard I've about watched, that. I've watched, like, a lot of videos about, like, people living, like, you know, in the Arctic Circle, like, just really, really far north. But, like, the way you live is they... completely different because Igloos. you can't you oh. can't have pipes. Well, they have, like, wooden buildings. But <laughs> okay. but you can't, like, they're literally, they, they go to the river and they cut chunks of ice. Like, they just have, like, cubes of ice that they use. And, like, that's what they use for water. Wow. They heat it up for bathing. They, they don't have any indoor up. plumbing? No, they can't because the pipes will freeze. Yeah. It's oh, so cold there. That is insane. It's just, like, such an interesting, that, primitive way to live. That sounds like a rough life. I, I don't know Absolutely if I want to live that it life. <laughs> it is so cold. I like you can't my modern leave your house. You can't leave your house yeah. without having, like, <laughs> several layers oh, of, like, clothes on. I mean, you'll literally freeze to death. So yeah. it's just... Such an interesting, primitive way of living, but people have lived there for like hundreds, thousands of years, you and know? So think it's just about very interesting. How cold it is when you live in a place where you can't have any plumbing. Like in Alaska, yeah. where the people live, you can have indoor plumbing. Absolutely, but yeah. Consider how cold this is. Where I was born, Fairbanks, Alaska, there's a military base there. It got so cold that you could throw water up in the air and it would freeze before it hit the ground. That's crazy. Yeah, that is so, crazy. And I mean, I think live it's there, cold so it here even colder. right now. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's just crazy to think that it gets colder than that. Like, how do you survive? That is And crazy. it's dark all the time. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, like half I can't the year. imagine like half the year, like this time of year. Yeah, it's talk about dark seasonal depression. 24 right. hours a day. Yeah. Oh my God, Crazy. that's completely insane. But they also have the 24 hour a day sunlight, which was driving my well, mom that's almost worse. crazy. That yeah. only happens for a little oh bit. I could not say that was worse, but I also I wouldn't like it. I think it'd be worse. I think I it'd be know. so much worse to never see the sun. I, I love the sun and I honestly hate nights. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like one, pros and cons to everything because people live there, so they must. Some yep. people must like it. I follow this one girl on YouTube. I think she lives She lives in like Svalgard or something. And I think it's in Finland technically. Mm. But it's the same sort of deal where they, you know, it's there. You're so far north that it's like you don't have any sunlight for a portion of the year. And, um, and she does talk about like some of uh, like why her and her boyfriend live there and mm. why they love it there. And some of the, the perks of living there. Mm. Like Ian was telling me he has a friend in jail. And the friend is really interested in um, one of those three finger countries, they call it. With Finland, yeah, like Norway, Sweden. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I think it's Norway, actually, specifically. There's this island that's, like, up north above it. 
that is basically an anarchist little community. Oh, cool. No one wants cool. to live there. So if you can get there and this survive. This is the friend that Ian made? Mm-hmm. That's pretty funny. He's <laughs> just really interested in that, yeah. in that in Norway in general. Yeah. So he was telling uh, Ian about it's that. It's an interesting culture for sure over there, yeah. It's like if you can find a place no one wants to live, you can kind of do whatever you want, like the Mormons exactly. in yeah. Utah when yep. they went there. Yep. 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can call in with whatever's on your mind. Don't go anywhere. It's Free Talk Live. Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for it's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. To get in on the conversation with us, that is 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Riley. And Nikki. And I would like to thank Mike. Mike is a silver level amplifier. Um, That means he's giving us money to amps.freetalklive.com to help amplify, market, promote, and support the show. So thank you so much to Mike. And if you'd like to learn more about that, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Find out about the perks and benefits you'll get for uh, signing up with us and also help to uh, support the show. So thank you so much, Mike. Um, Moving on, we started this article in the last segment. It's from bbc.com titled Russia LGBT. Police raid Moscow gay clubs, media says. So it's crazy what happened to these people. Just imagine you're dancing to their, I don't know what you call it, electronic music, their techno-y type music. I don't know the specific genre they're into or anything. Um, I heard that like Russia's always like 30 years behind us or something. Hmm. So like that's why they're like really into like techno and hmm. like yeah. um, like disco and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Because, like, in the early 2000s, like, they just discovered disco or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's just, like, something that I've heard. Hmm. Well, just imagine you're you're in some neon lights at a gay club. You're having fun. And police show up, and they hold you there for yeah. a while. But that would be horrendous. You're in a gay club. I mean, that's crazy. It says, club goers were briefly held, and their passports were photographed during Whoa. the raids. That's That's horrible. Like... Their identity is practically stolen by the government. Yep. I mean, the the government said that they're making the LGBT movement outlawed. Wow. So one attendee told, oh, it says, um, tele, Telegram channel Osterazano Novosti said, 
One attendee told the channel he feared he would be given a lengthy jail term. The police said they were searching for drugs, and that name, like, I'm just going to continue to butcher it. I'm just going to call him Owen. Owen said, city officials have not commented so far. He says, in the middle of the party, the music was stopped and police began going into the lounges. One eyewitness told the outlet, adding that foreigners were also present at the gathering in central Moscow. SOTA, another telegram channel, said three clubs were raided on Friday evening in the Russian capital. Photos and videos have emerged on social media purportedly showing a police van and officers outside one of the clubs. The raids came a day after Russia's Supreme Court, wow, just one day, um, a day after Russia's Supreme Court declared what it described as LGBT movement, uh, public movement, a extremist organization. Okay, this is written really weird. What it described as the LGBT public movement, an extremist organization, and banned its activities across the country. I mean, like, that's so vague. Like, if you just get caught kissing a girl at a party and you're a girl, are you suddenly going to be accused of being in the LGBT public movement? It sounds like they could definitely do that. I mean, some conservatives in America probably rejoice that we should do that here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so all, the, all of its activities are banned across the country. The ruling was prompted by a motion from the Justice Ministry, although no such organization exists as a legal entity. Russia's constitution was changed in 2020 to make it clear that marriage meant a union between a man and a woman. Same-sex unions are not recognized in in Russia. What right does the government have to have to define marriage? I mean, so here's the situation. Mm-hmm. I come from Mormonism, and Mormonism used to practice polygamy. Nowadays, however, the Mormon Church says that marriage only exists between a man and a woman, and they're defending that right or whatever, and not allowing gay people to get married. In fact, they supported banning gay marriage in california in 2008 so the mormons specifically oh yeah Hmm. yeah and so i have to wonder if you really believe that a government has the right to declare that marriage between a man and a woman is the only form of marriage what does it say about your ancestors who practice polygamy are they suddenly criminals well, that's a weird thing about, um, I feel like Riley and I can get into lots of conversations about the Mormon church, um, but that's one thing I just find really strange about the fact that people are still out there being Mormon. It's like, you completely understand that it's terrible to tell black people that they're evil, right? Well, how do you explain that the church used to do that? That's just, I mean, like, did God yeah. change his mind? Well, the argument is made that the Lord chose to change his to to give us this revelation because the people had finally changed and i don't know if i buy that i i think the leadership people finally changed no the the people like the average person finally changed their attitude towards race because you know Hmm. growing the, the 1830s america was a time when black people were seen as inferior and you know i guess the people's hearts had to change before black people could be given the priesthood which is you know in Mormonism, the priesthood is this authority to act in God's name. And there were a few people ordained to the priesthood in Joseph Smith's day, but that practice ended with Brigham Young and 
began again in 1978 when Spencer W. Kimball allegedly receives a revelation from God that this needs to be discontinued. Wow. And I say... 78? 1978. That's yep. pretty late, actually. I know, and it's insane. And I'm glad that happened. I'm glad people are making progress. But let's be realistic. This didn't come because of a revelation from God. It came because people were being persecuted and the church could not survive if black people weren't allowed to have the priesthood because the gospel is supposed to go to the entire world, not just white people, Mm -hmm. not just the white European race. And finally, black people can hold the priesthood and participate in full membership with a church. Great. But let's be realistic. Let's let's realize that, you know, our church leaders have said some stupid things in the past. And it's about time we apologize and say, wait a minute, we need to get over this nonsense. And we need to start treating individuals like individuals, more like Jesus would, more like the Savior Jesus Christ would, if you believe in Jesus Christ. Now, I am not religious any longer. I hold to a different set of beliefs. But at the same time, I think that if we're to truly claim that if you were to truly claim that you follow Jesus Christ, then you better follow Jesus Christ. You better follow his example like you are really following his example. Yep, and love your neighbor. Whenever uh, the the disciples ask Jesus, then who's my neighbor? Doesn't he say everyone in the yeah, world? Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan is an interesting sto- story because, you know, it's this Samaritan going going down to... T- it's, it's not the Samaritan. My bad. So um, it's this stranger taking a trip somewhere to a road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And going from Jerusalem to Jericho back in those days was quite a trip. And the man fell among thieves, the story says, and was beaten. Well, guess who passed by? A priest. A priest who was supposed to work in the temple, which is the holiest place for the Jewish people. A Levite who, in the Jewish custom, held the priesthood and exercised the rights to act in God's name on behalf of the people. These people passed by. You know who stopped? Samaritan. The Samaritan was the outcast in Judas in, in Jewish society, the Samaritans. And I think Jesus, assuming that he really told this story, I think Jesus is trying to illustrate a point. And the point is we need to treat our fellow men like fellow men. Instead, we are not treating them like fellow men. We're treating gay people like they're horrible sinners and going to hell. We're treating trans people like they're horrible people. And you know, admittedly, some people are taking this possibly too far. But still, let's try and lead with empathy as much as possible. Yeah, but I really do think that's a really nice story, a parable or, or whatever from the Bible. I um, agree. It's um, one that shows a really good side of the stuff that people could learn from Christianity, but a lot of them choose not to, um, such as just treat everyone as your neighbor and treat your neighbor as yourself well moving on um that's not what they're doing in russia it says um the the raids on this gay these gay clubs i guess it was three clubs came a day after russia's supreme court declared what it described as the lgbt public movement declared them an extremist organization and banned its activities across the country the ruling was prompted by a motion from the Justice Ministry, although no such organization exists as a legal entity. Russia's constitution was changed in 2020 to make it clear that marriage meant a union between a man and a woman. 
Same-sex unions are not recognized in Russia. And as Riley points out, no state has the real yeah, right absolutely. to do that. Yeah. In recent years, the country's LGBT community has come under increasing pressure from the authorities, says the BBC's Stephen Rosenberg in Moscow. In 2013, a law was adopted prohibiting propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations aimed at minors. Last year, those restrictions were extended to all age groups in Russia. References to LGBT people have been deleted from books, films, advertisements, wow. and TV shows. That's See, like, crazy. I know they were, because um, I heard something a while ago um, that Putin was, like, trying to outlaw publicly, like, public displays of affection yeah. for gay people. But yeah. I didn't know they were, like, scrubbing. Yeah. It well, from like all media and everything. I mean, that's that's crazy. Like, how do you even do that? I think Russia is also an Orthodox Christian religion based yeah. society. So I have to wonder if this is based on a religious Absolutely. zealotry. Absolutely. It says earlier this month, one Russian TV channel discolored a rainbow in a Korean pop video uh. to avoid being accused of violating the gay propaganda law. Rainbows aren't gay. Well, like they're a I mean, natural phenomenon. Yeah, they are. I would I mean, like to know what pop video in like the gay people have definitely used the rainbow for their symbol. Yeah, but absolutely. You know, the, the rainbow has been used for thousands of years. You, you mean the, the thing, like it's LGBT a naturally occurring movement? phenomenon? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I oh. heard somebody else say that today too. Like somebody had a rainbow tie on, and this woman is like extremely like Christian, homophobic, whatever. <laughs> and um she's like, what are you gay? And they were like, no, I'm just actually no, I'm not. I'm just wearing a rainbow tie. A rainbow. I mean yeah. why not? Why not ra- wear it's a rainbow like, tie if you want to? Well it and it's mean like anything. If you yeah, sign it's just, you it's sign just weird to it. to, it's, oh, I mean everything refracted. about that is weird yeah. to be like, are you gay? Yeah, it's just... What are you, gay? Like, what? Gay? what? <laughs> like, what? Even like if they are, who cares? That's the thing. It's like, why... It's just so straight. Like, why does it even matter? You know what I mean? Like, I, don't I know. You know, I would think that we were past people walking up to other people saying, what are you, gay, for your clothing? Yeah. Well, uh, that's all we have from that story. Um, it is pretty interesting that they're going full force on something so silly in the middle of like being in an actual war, but that's all yeah. we have from that story from Russia. We had well, a story- they're just you know they're they're a, a monopoly, right? So they have um what am I trying to say? The, they're a massive massive government, right? So they have plenty of other government officials to do all of these you know horrible things simultaneously. They have plenty of people for the war. They have plenty of people. For the other war against their own people. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's just like the United States, right? It's like, you're like, how can the United States like do all of these like awful atrocities all at once? They have plenty of goons to disperse on the population. I'm glad you pointed that out because last time I brought up this story about um, Russia imprisoning this woman who's an artist who um, just was questioning the war. Oh, well. When I brought that up on the show before, I got a comment on Odyssey, and somebody was like, you idiots, why don't you pay attention to your own country? America's not so great. Like, I guess they were a Russian. Oh, and it's they like, were confused. we point yeah. that out all the time. So It's like, no, 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 don't, don't, <laughs> don't get IQ. it twisted. We also yeah. hate the sure. United States government. Yeah. We hate them first and foremost. Oh, they're it, the yeah, easiest so ones yeah. to hate because we hate them first. they are the closest 
things to us to hate. Yeah, a criminal gang. It's a criminal gang trying us. to occupy a territory yeah. and demand that we pay tribute well, to them. I don't pay tribute to you. Who are you? Well, that's <laughs> the thing, right? So, like, I'm sorry. I'm being... I, the Russian government has never technically wronged me, right? right? The United States government, in many different ways, has, like, actually attacked me and people that Literally. I love. They, Literally They came me. to your house yeah. and broke down your door and... Took yeah. your current husband away from, well, they, I don't know if they took him away from you, but. They pointed a gun at him oh, and almost that, yeah. shot him. Yeah. I mean. What they, a bunch yeah. of nice people. Isn't the U.S. government yeah. so great, Nikki? They'll yeah. point a gun at your husband. Yeah. And then this this person on the comments is like, oh, yeah, your government's not so great. It's because oh, that's the only way they can think. me. We it's, know. It's like if we're talking about how Russia's bad, we must love some other team. There's some no. other no, team. No, we don't yeah, love like we other teams. We hate all governments all at once. We, we want to work yeah. on becoming less tribalistic as people. Yeah. But we see this all the time. And, oh, and yeah. I point to this out on the show a lot where people are like, they have that like duopoly mentality. And it's like all they can see is like less for left versus right, us versus them, mm-hmm. black and white. Like they can't um, like comprehend that we could ever believe in something other than either being a leftist or, or you know, either you're you're a conservative or you're a liberal. Like they yeah. can't fathom anything beyond that. Where did you get that third opinion? Yeah. I didn't see like, it issued. Well, and that's the thing too. And it's like someone can, you know, like you can, I mean, yes, there's like a spectrum, but it's like I bounce from the left and the right on many issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. like a lot of people on the left are like, you're a conservative because you like guns and whatever. And you, you know, whatever, yeah. you don't vaccinate your kids. And a lot of people are on the right are like, oh my God, you're a leftist because yeah. You don't hate people for being gay. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? why should so. I hate people for being gay or trans? They're not forcing their ideology yeah. on me. I, it's just like, I can't wrap my mind around this, but if anyone's ever seen my Twitter, I'm obviously like an anarchist. And <laughs> this girl that w- goes to high school with me, she texted me on Twitter one day and just said, can I ask you a question? And I was like, sure. And she was like, are you a Republican? <laughs> and you're like i've no. never been more offended in my life I, I it's like, also like really funny because in the grand like in the on the spectrum of libertarianism anarchistness yeah. bonnie is so far from being like conservative yeah, get, or on the right like you're yeah. probably more left on most issues right you know that's I mean? why it's, it's just so crazy that people don't have it's not like i want everybody that ever existed to have like this supreme interest in political ideology and know exactly what I am. But the idea of looking at it's me in like any offensive. way and thinking I'm a Republican is crazy. Yeah. Really also, crazy. I would be so wildly offended well, if somebody yeah. said that to me. Now that you're <laughs> a, a radio talk show host, you know, you kind of have a different persona because you're commenting on political issues more yeah. more as a libertarian rather than just Living tweeting my about life. them. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think there was um there was a period here on the show where like the left, so to speak, was doing just like a lot of like wild stuff. And I feel like we were critiquing, you know, like we kind of go back and forth on who we're critiquing, but like don't yeah. get it twisted. We're crit- uh we're critiquing everyone. When yeah. the Republicans come into the majority again, I'm sure we'll be critiquing them as well and calling them statists and all sorts of things. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it was mostly leftists during, like, COVID era. Yes, so that's, that and that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, when Having they were to talk being, about. Yeah. Right. Um, actually trying to take people's right to control their own body away. Which is so ironic. Very you know, ironic. my body, my choice. Yeah. Right. But I think that also, like, that whole thing kind of brought a lot of, con- like, conservatives over. Mm-hmm. 
and now they're they think they're spa- libertarians, and they yeah, I think they're no, they're, they're going to discover quickly they're, they're not libertarians like we are <laughs> not quickly not quick enough yeah. <laughs> well, we have this other story from APNews.com. Many Americans say their household expenses are outpacing earnings this year. Ooh. It's from a poll. Well, this is what inflation does. It's, yeah. Yep. This is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when your when your government is in lockstep or enslaved to a bank that your bank that this bank has now printed trillions of dollars and those dollars are circulating through the economy. Well, guess what? The dollar becomes less and less it becomes worth less. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right. I saw a post from this girl who uses some sort of like grocery delivery thing. Um, and she recreated an order that she had ordered on her grocery app from early 2020. That price was $96. So she recreated the same exact order today. Mm-hmm. And it was like 200 and something dollars. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. From 2020? Like, you said? From 2020. Whoa. I don't crazy. know what area she was in, um, but anyway, like just the fact that that could happen is like absolutely outrageous, and I believe it. I mean, like I went to Aldi the other day, and it, I think we spent like a hundred and sixty dollars, and I'm not buying a lot of like expensive processed stuff. Like I'm kind of getting like we it was more than we usually get, but it's mainly like meat, vegetables. You know, <laughs> you know, like we're not getting the expensive. It's Aldi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. this isn't, like, an expensive grocery store. This is, like, the cheapest place you can yeah, get you your groceries. Yeah, you gotta try to spend 120 at or all DMC. Yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, a lot of people are feeling the same way. It says about two in three Americans say their household expenses have risen over the last year. But only about one in four say their income has increased in that same period. According to a new poll from the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research, as household expenses outpace earnings, many are expressing concern about their financial futures. Yeah, well, if you're not getting a raise and you're making the same amount of money and prices are going up for things you need, that's going to eventually become a problem. Oh, absolutely. And... You know, it's easy for us to say, well, maybe you should try saving more. But, you know, realistically now, it's hard to say that because inflation is is a, a huge right. problem. Wages are not going up. And generally, people are feeling the struggle. And if people want to claim that Bidenomics is solving America's problems, I would like to see the evidence. Yeah. Show me the evidence. Show me the paperwork. Show me the documentation that the economy is so much better than it was three years ago. I mean, honestly, sometimes I get like, uh, you, you guys are just being so annoying, complaining about uh, being poor. I get in that uh, mind state for, uh, sometimes because there are definitely people who are just like lazy, don't want to work, don't want to do anything to get themselves out yeah. of their situation. But it's also, I really understand at the same time that there are people who are working a job and not making enough money to uh, either make ends meet or all, at all or... All they can afford to do with their life is eat, sleep, go to work, and nobody wants to do that. Yeah. It's really, it's becoming harder and harder to criticize people for just being poor and say, oh, well, you should save money. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if maybe if you stopped eating uh, avocado toast and stopped yeah. ordering <laughs> coffees before work, maybe you wouldn't be, you that's know. That's what the boomers say. Living in poverty. Yeah, that's what the boomers say, but you know. I think it's important to have luxuries every once in a while and and 
I'm not going to criticize people for wanting to buy a coffee every day if well, that's what they want to that, do. That's also like, I'm sorry, what they're spending on coffee or going out to eat is not going to even make a dent in the inflation. You know sure. what I mean? It's like, if you can't afford rent, I'm sorry, not buying a coffee mm-hmm. every day isn't going to make you able to afford rent. Yeah. It's it's not like, that's not how math works. Like when your rent goes up $500, yeah, the, the Dunkin' Donuts isn't gonna, you know, isn't gonna fix that. Right. Yeah, there were definitely definitely times um, back in like before 2020 where I would just start to feel like I can't like continue on like this. Like I'm working full time in a hotel, getting towels for other people. Like I was front desk, but they'll still come to you and be like, I need a new towel and I need this and that. And it's so Mm -hmm. annoying doing that only with my life, going home, going to sleep, waking up and doing it again. And it would just be absolutely I can't do this anymore level. That's why I would always end up quitting jobs and going and doing Uber Eats because it's, le- it's, it's at least it, I'm not stuck in the same building all day. So I, re- I really do understand people who are struggling with this um, and people who say things like, we weren't meant to work nine to five every single day and pay taxes and then die. I, I understand that. Oh, I, totally I agree. Do. I completely agree. We're not meant to just slave our lives away to some other person, pay taxes, which you shouldn't be paying anyway if right. you're willing to push it a little bit but right and and die i mean there's more to life than this and we've we we as a humanity have forgotten that there's more to life we have to get outside touch grass hang out in nature every once in a while and really learn who we really are instead of just hanging out in some cubicle and, and i think if people wanted safety less and wanted their freedom more then they would even find those situations easier to find 603-283-6160 more on this coming up it's free talk live phone number that is 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight you've got me bonnie riley and nikki and we've been talking about this story from apnews.com that is saying that they did a poll and many americans say that their household expenses are outpacing their earnings their household expenses are going up faster than their wages and raises are going up um, it says about two in three Americans say their household expenses have risen over the last year, but only about one in four say their income has increased in that same period. Says Stephen Shapiro, 61, who works as an audio engineer in Pittsburgh, which those people can make good money. Yeah, they can. He said he'd been spending about $100 a week on groceries prior to this past year, but now he's shelling out closer to 200 my income has stayed the same, he said. The economy is good on paper, but I'm not doing great. A.K.A. 
the news is telling him the economy is doing well because of Biden. They want to make Biden look good. But his personal lived experience is not saying the same thing. About 8 in 10 Americans say their overall household debt is higher or about the same as it was a year ago. About half say they currently have credit card debt. 4 in 10 are dealing with auto loans and about 1 in 4 have medical debt. Just 15% say their household savings have increased over the last year. Was that 15% or 50%? 15, 1 oh, 5. Okay. I was a little distracted. Well, that's that's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. It says Tracy Gonzalez, 36, who works as a subcontractor in construction in San Antonio, Texas, has several thousand dollars of medical debt from an emergency room visit for what she thought was a bad headache, but turned out to be a tooth infection. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible, yeah. I'll treat you, but the bills, or they'll treat you, but the bills are crazy, she said. One time in San Antonio, I went to the ER because I, like, thought I was going to pass out and it was crazy nauseous and uh, that I didn't pass out. I sat around and I just continued to get worse and started throwing up. And I don't know, maybe the ER isn't, like, a normal place to go for that. But my boyfriend took me to the ER and I got a check, or not a check, a bill, like, a couple years, or not years later, months later, and it was for $8,000. But... I called my insurance and called them, and they were like, yeah, that, is, that isn't right. It was, like, put in there incorrectly. Can't, oh, my God. Like, they were just going to bill me $8,000, and I was just going to pay yeah. it at first. Me and my boyfriend no, at the time. never. I, I used to not date uh, guys that were very smart, I guess. And, he, and, like, I know that Ian would have just figured this out for me right away. But yeah. the boyfriend at the time was like, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? Like, we got to pay this. And I was like, I'm just not paying that and then yeah i called them just either like call the insurance company and figure it out or just never paying that yeah like what eight thousand dollars for like getting an iv and being like watched for a while until i stopped feeling nauseous no and you know like how it is where it's like that's not the real price of that right right. well it actually was incorrect in general but yeah even if it was like you know five hundred dollars it couldn't cost them five hundred dollars to watch somebody and put them on saline solution or whatever in their IV. Um, so is, is that what you meant? Like what it actually costed to help tra- treat you is. Yeah. So they have, um, because of the whole fraud of health insurance in the United States, they, um, the prices they put on everything is like ridiculously more expensive because essentially the insurance companies like aren't going to pay it all anyways. So they like barter. So it's like, essentially this huge like roundabout way and it's like you could have just put a normal price on it and it would have been better but i don't know insurance is such a scam and it makes everything so much more complicated but a lot of people who are don't have insurance and are paying like are are looking for the cash price for services they have to like it's like a different cash price essentially if you don't have insurance the whole thing's i mean it's a huge scam Yep, and just with, you know, Obamacare-type in- insurance, it's super, I, I forget the word, um, it's not streamlined, they're not doing a good job, um, it could be done a lot better, but the, since the government wants to get involved in it, it's going to be really bad. Like, I remember when I had the Obamacare insurance, I just don't have insurance now, I'm better off that way. Yeah. Also, like, 
not eating like crap and stuff like that. I, I just don't get sick unless a Mark Edge comes and gets me sick. Yeah. <laughs> literally, like a hundred percent literally. That's actually true. And um uh I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah, like when I had to call that insurance, that Obamacare insurance I had, it was just like, Oh my god, uh, am I dealing with a robot? No, you're a real person? I can't even believe that. Like, they really? were just so dumb and bad. Oh, yeah. my God. Nobody cared. They were like, yeah, uh, I don't see the answer here on the screen. Ugh, I don't care. Let me uh, send you to someone else. Send you to, like, the wrong people. Then they send you back or whatever. Oh, my God, it was so bad. But that's what this lady's talking about. She said um, she has several thousand dollars of medical debt because she had to go to the ER for a tooth infection. She says they'll treat you, but the bills are crazy. And she said she's tried to avoid seeking medical treatment because of the costs. And that really sucks because, like, yeah, you can avoid medical treatment for a while, but if you get randomly get a tooth infection that feels like a terrible headache, like, what are you going to do? Well, you can either go to Mexico or, <laughs> or, or something. I mean... That's a good point. Yeah, or pay a ton of money. Yeah, that that's when things sounds awesome about living on the border. Um, Sheriff David Hathaway, he's a listener to the show and a supporter of Ian and them, and and he's a really nice guy. He lives on the border in Arizona, and he can just walk right over for going to the doctor, and it's better and whatever yeah, of else. Of course, it is probably buying good food stuff like that. I don't, I don't know, but he talks about just walking right over there and doing stuff, and then coming right right back home. It says, relatively few Americans say they're very or extremely confident that they could pay an unexpected medical expense, only 26%. Or have enough money for a retirement, only 18%. Only about one-third are extremely or very confident their current financial system will allow them to keep up with expenses, though an additional 42% say they're somewhat confident. Quote, I've been looking forward to retirement my entire life. Recently, I realized it's just not going to happen, unquote. That's Shapiro of Pittsburgh, adding that his wife's $30,000 or so of student debt is a financial factor for his household. Whoa. The couple really, had $30,000. What? I, that just doesn't seem, in, in student loans, mm -hmm. that just doesn't seem like a lot. Really? For student loans? Yeah, I, I mean a lot of universities. How I mean, I went to a community again? college, so thirty thousand. Okay, yeah. like, I mean, yeah, I paid I for mine out of for pocket. For some people, that might be not a lot. Well, but. you're taking out student loans, right? Yeah. So it's like they they essentially just throw money at you. I mean, like I would say most people with a four year degree, like the average four year degree, if you're going to a state school, this is a state school, not even a private school. It's probably like ten thousand dollars a year, maybe more. Um, no, I think because, yeah, it was probably more. It's probably like $10,000 a semester, maybe. Hmm. Um, so, like, say if you have a bachelor's degree, I mean, most people with a bachelor's degree probably have upwards of $100,000 in student loans. Hmm. You know what I mean? Especially if you're going to a private university. Never mind if you have a master's degree. I mean, yeah, like, grad school is even money. more yeah. expensive, you know? So, it just seems like overall, like, to me, like, I would never take out thirty grand in student loans. Um I just wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Long. I'd try yeah, exactly. and go the route of Pell Grants or things like that. Yeah. That way I don't have to pay it back. I can just steal from the government. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they That's what most people do anyways, right? Yeah. No one pays their student loans. It said he and his <laughs> wife had hoped to sell their house and move this past year, but decided instead to hold on to their mortgage rate of 3.4% rather than facing a higher rate. 
this uh, the current average long-term mortgage rate reached 7.7% this month. About 3 in 10 Americans say they've foregone a major purchase because of higher interest rates in the last year. Nearly 1 in 4 U.S. adults have student debt with the pandemic-era payment pause on federal loans ending this month contributing to the crunch. You know, the last guy, it's like, I did find his quote about looking forward to retirement his entire life a little weird. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, maybe like, he's like, why are you, like, you know, I mean, I, I get it. People want to retire or whatever. But at the same time, if retirement's the only thing you got looking. That's so sad. Yeah, that is Your sad. Your whole life. Like, I've imagine. never even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> like, think about but it. Like, like, imagine, didn't, like, you, didn't you live life while you were working? Didn't you just enjoy the moment you were in? That's your whole life. So that nature a little bit. That's your. Whole I couldn't life. imagine that. Yeah, it's I, like I can't imagine that either. I can't imagine slaving my life away and not living life at the same time. You know. No, I've I've honestly never thought about retirement ever. Like I've always. If, I don't if look I'm, forward to it. If I'm at a job that I'm not enjoying, I quit it. Yeah, and absolutely. I go to a job that I do enjoy. And you know what I mean? Like, I literally, like, started my own business. If you're working, you want to be working for someone you enjoy working for or a company you enjoy working for, a company you feel like, I vibe with you so much that this is just playtime for me. No, absolutely. And, like, I... I started my own business simply so I could do what I love every day and, like, do something that is truly fulfilling for me. Yeah. I wonder what David in New Mexico is uh, being fulfilled by in his life. Can you answer that, David? I didn't hear the question. Oh, I just said, I wonder what you're doing in your life that is fulfilling. Oh, nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Oh. Nothing at all. Are you looking forward to retirement? (laughs) I'm looking for, looking forward to killing these cows that just busted through my fence and destroyed a bunch of crap. Oh my gosh, that uh, sucks. That sucks. What did they destroy? Yeah. Well, they they cows have a, an incredible sense of smell, hmm. and it, it you know it, and it doesn't have to be food things. It can be anything that has a scent. You know, whether it's a, a, a trace of a laundry detergent smell, they'll come in your yard and they'll they're literally chew your laundry. If you got laundry hanging on a clothesline, if they oh, get wow. in your yard. They'll literally chew your clothing up. Why? Why would they like that smell? I thought that would be something goats would do. Yeah, they both do what, that. What, what, cows, what? cows will absolutely like eat the shirt right off your back. <laughs> wow, wow, that's insane. He's like, it's it's like any smell. I'm just imagining a cute cow smelling roses. <laughs> yeah, no, anything that has a scent, they'll chew it up. Yeah, and, yeah. And they <laughs> love to chew on. They love to chew on plastic. If you got a yeah. garden hose, doesn't anything out in the yard have a scent? Got... Pardon? Oh, sorry. Doesn't everything basically have a scent? Well, to them, not to us. But they they have a sense of smell that's uh, on par with a with uh, with a dog or any other animal. They can be they can smell water from you know literally a mile away and know which direction to go to find it. Yep. So cows came and ate a bunch of your clothes, really? Well, not, they didn't get clothing this time. They got a bunch of other stuff. And mm-hmm. besides, everything that they they walk over. If they, I mean, just just picture it this way: if you have if you, if you picture your own backyard or anybody who has a nice backyard not that i have a nice backyard but uh, and then and then have uh you know five ten fifteen cows that all weigh you know thousand twelve hundred pounds come in and just step wherever they want to step on yep. whatever they want to step everything they step on they crush and then anything that has a scent they just they grab it in their mouth and they'll they just chew it up 
Is this an issue of kind of like if somebody owned a dog and didn't train it well? Like, is there such thing as that? Like, are there some cows that are better behaved because they have, like, good owners? Or is this just like every cow problem? No, no, there, there are bad ones. It's like mm. I grew up on a farm and, you, and you, you'd, actually, you'd actually sell to slaughter the, the one out of 30 approximately that would be a fence jumper that was always causing trouble. Well, you just sell her and let, let her become uh, McDonald's hamburgers. Hmm. Is that what you actually? Uh, is this what you actually called in about, though? I didn't really ask. No, it's just what I was doing while I w- while I was waiting uh, to uh, to get on. Um, was dealing with the mess that they just made. But the the uh, I, I can't help but notice. Well, first of all, uh, factual correction, and I'm I'm gonna I'm convinced it's fact. Uh, but uh, the allegation has been made about history. You were talking about the Jewish people earlier going back to the times of Christ. And it's my understanding, um, uh, and anybody is welcome to refute it, that the word Jew did not appear uh, in literature at all uh, until the 1700s. And back in the time of Christ, that people in the, the, the people of Christ, meaning his, his people, not Christians, but people that were uh, the, his contemporaries related to Israeli, him. His people, his Israelis tribe. or something? Or Hebrews? Well, well, Israelites was uh, ended up being what twelve or thirteen tribes, depending on how you count them, and none of them were Jews. They were all hmm. something else, hmm. and and as a whole, they were Judahites, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Okay. Now, if 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 anybody wants to make the the leap that the that the word Judahite has been changed to translated to the word Jew, they can do that. But from my understanding of the his, his, historical texts available that there's nowhere in history that there's a legitimate transition for that or, or a translation for that. It just appeared in one of the manufactured Bibles uh, that appeared in the 1700s like it was a, well, I mean, we have propaganda nowadays. There's always been propaganda. It's like somebody was trying to uh, revise history to accomplish a certain goal. They did that a that lot they, with the Bible. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did that. I I would believe it, like, that they did that so many times with the Bible. Just whatever their view was, like, no, I want Christianity to mean that we believe this. They would just write a whole new story that never actually happened. Or they would just change a few words here and there when they're, you know, the scribe. They're sitting there scribing away. And they're like, yeah, but my view is that Jesus would say it this way. So they just change a couple words. Right. And then I, I noticed also... That it, uh, since you were talking about that, I know you had an article of B- BBC Moscow, uh, a dude named Rosenfeld, and, and that's a Jewish name. And then you were citing another dude just now, Shapiro dude. And uh, so I'm like uh, wondering if there are any Gentiles left that are uh, being cited in the media. Are you anti-Jewish, David? It, uh, n- no, but um, it's well, a little random. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, an- I'm anti-white people in. Uh, for instance, let's pick on Alabama uh, in the day and even continuing till this day, but far less. But if you go back 50 years, 100 years, um, the, there, the population was almost majority black in many locations, especially rural locations. But the government was entirely white. So it's, it's the same. And, and if that ain't right, then it's not right that we have a, a 2.4 percent demographic that is a majority of the powers that be. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look up what okay so in the BBC article it said in recent years the country's LGBT community has come under 
increasing pressure from the authorities, says BBC's Steve Rosenberg. So Steve Rosenberg here was a just a reporter. And then this other one that we're talking about, the Shapiro guy, possibly a Jewish like Ben Shapiro. He was just a guy that they interviewed who took this poll. So I don't think right. it really that's says another, that. That's another, that's another interesting thing. If I've, I've, I've noticed this for 30 years. When you're watching the news, not only are the reporters frequently uh, uh, have Jewish names, but they, by ironically or coincidentally, when they interview men, do men on the street interviews, it's like, I don't know, 20% of the time uh, that, that they interview a Jewish person, but they're only 2.4% of the population. So how mm. do they appear 10 times more? How do you know they're Jewish? Just because well, their last name? Because just like I can tell if I see somebody who's um, uh, Polish-American or Italian-American or Norwegian-American, I can tell they're Norwegian. I can tell they're German. So if when I see somebody who's Jewish, I can usually tell they're Jewish. Huh. Especially when okay. their name is Jewish. This next one coming up, just testing, hmm? I'm just testing the theory. So this next one coming up that was going to be interviewed, it says, Will Klaus... And I looked up while you're talking Klaus surname origin, and it says German. It's a German, it's a German name. It can be. It can be either Catholic or Jewish. Either way. Yeah, I, I, know, I was gonna Jewish. say. I was gonna say most, or not most, but a lot of Jewish people have German last names, and yeah. maybe this guy's a Jew too. I but no, yeah, I don't. They my, all my, are. Guess, my guess is my guess is Klaus is not. My guess is Klaus is a uh, German Catholic. It's a little different than how you think. It's not uh, K. L A U S. It's C L O U S E. Kind of close to my last name, my that, that original be, that last name. French. That could be French. Yeah, I did not expect German, but it popped up saying it's German, saying that it's um like a variation of Klaus the way I spelled it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it says or Flemish. Isn't that um part uh? That's French. Yeah, French. Hmm. Huh. French, right on the German, right on the German border, uh, Belgium, Germany, France. Oh, okay. It's an Americanized form of German Klaus or Flemish. Yep. So I think that David's right. It's probably French. Either either way, mm-hmm. like I, that kind of that kind of ripped a hole yeah, in your yeah. theory, though, because it's like one person, Shapiro, he might have been Jewish that got interviewed in this article, and then the next person. I've, I've never seen. I've never seen a Shapiro that isn't Jewish. <laughs> I only know of Ben Shapiro. Right. Me yeah. too. I don't know. I can't. I can't I, say. I know, lots, I know lots of them. I had a. I, I know lots of them. I never seen a single one that isn't Jewish. Well, I'm also like not really good at like analyzing last names. Like, oh, your he last name. Good at it. Like, your last name is this, so like you must be Finnish or or you look you look a certain way. Like you I'm not, look Polish. I'm not good you know at that I mean? either. I I'm just don't either. care. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at either. I've never wondered what uh, ethnicity uh, Riley is, for example. Like, I I don't mm. even have a guess. Like, I know you're white. Yeah, <laughs> Riley is French. Bunch of boring French. white people. <laughs> See, um, uh, Finnish names are really easy to tell. If you if you Google a couple Finnish names, it's really easy to tell who's a Finn based on their last name. My my mother's um, remarried name is a Finnish name. Well, was that your um, actual topic you wanted to bring up? Was the correction about the word Jew? Like, I'm sure we're just using it kind of like I don't know if this is correct, but colloquially, like just the way that people use it. Like, yeah, I'm not saying Yeshua, and that's probably how it's spelled in. Like the early translations of the Bible too, right? Yeshua. Yeah, yeah I would, the the main take the main takeaway is that um, very few people know, and this is, and I, I'm not a I'm not a scholar. I don't go out and research this stuff myself. I hear it from somebody, and I decide whether they're a credible source or not. And maybe I'll check up on uh, what, what their claim is a little bit if I have time, or, or maybe I won't. If they're a credible source, I'll probably 
state it as an allegation. And so the allegation has been made, been made by, in my mind, credible sources that the, the word uh, uh, Jew is not a historical thing, that it just magically appeared in the 1700s in a Bible. And, um, and, and there's some other uh, allegations that are attached to that that fall into the, the line of, uh, uh, you know, our, same as our modern day uh, propaganda, brainwashing, trying to alter history. And, and people might want to study that and find out whether that allegation is uh, accurate or not accurate uh, that the, the people back in the year zero on the Christian calendar were not referred to as Jews, but somehow in the 1700s, magically, they became Jews. Well, like some people might find this whole conversation offensive to even consider about on, on the air, on, on public radio waves. I really don't have like an opinion. I don't think that um, even if every single person interviewed on, um, you know, news ended up being Jewish, that it would equal some kind of a problem. Like, I do think that people have an overinflated view of that being a problem, you know, like the Chris Cantwell types, but it's Free Talk Live, so we let people bring up whatever is on their mind. 603-283-6160 is the number. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. that you control 603-283-6160 is the number for you get to get in on the program for this last segment 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight it's bonnie riley and nikki yeah don't make uh david from new mexico's rambling about jews be the only call that we get tonight (laughs) i know (laughs) we need a caller for the last segment come on Yep, uh, 603-283-6160. We're talking about this story from APNews.com. They ran a poll, and most people in America are saying that their earnings are not catching up with their spending as their spending rises higher and higher, just regular household spending. And it says that about 3 in 10 Americans say they've foregone a major purchase because of interest rates in the last year. And um, it says nearly one in four U.S. adults, <laughs> I, fa- I feel like that sounded wrong. I-, I felt like the Miss America girl who's like, um, one in four U.S. Americans, they don't have maps, and we need to give them maps. <laughs> I forgot about that. It just sounded weird. I've never heard that. Oh. It's really funny. It's like Miss North Carolina, right? Yes, was that it, was. What it was. And it was from... She just said like some like dumb the question dumb thing. The question was, um, it was something along the lines of one in three Americans can't point out su- so such and such country on a map. What do you think should be done about it? And she said, U.S. such as U.S. Americans, such as and all this. And it was yeah. so funny. There was the other one, too, where they were like, what's your favorite dish? 
like meaning like a food, like uh-huh. what's your like oh like macaroni and cheese or something. <laughs> and she was like bowls. <laughs> I love. I love bowls. I did they not were like, down. They were like, uh, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. They, like, like food, like food. Did I? I forget if they even like corrected her. <laughs> I just like I'm sure it's extremely nerve wracking, and you're just like, oh my gosh, yeah. And it's like you hear like, what's your favorite dish, and you're like, plates, and you have to be like in a good mood about it. Like, let me just keep talking about how much I love plates. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, they just I love soup, so they just contain it really well. (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious. Oh wow. Yeah, sorry. For some reason, reading nearly one in uh, four U.S. adults sounded weird, but nearly one in four U.S. adults have student debt with the pandemic era payment pause on federal loans ending this month and that's contributing to the crunch will klaus i wonder what's the payment if you owe 30 grand like what the monthly payment would be because i think it's like the minimum is pretty low right because like it's almost like a mortgage where you can like pay it over like 30 years or the only time i've ever gotten a loan was a car loan once and i've paid it off or and I normally used that's to get like a five year thing. Yeah. And I used to get um like when I was just getting I just had a job and I lived in a small town in Utah, sometimes I would get a thousand dollar loan and then pay it off because I wanted to have a high credit score. And I don't know if that's like a good way to do it or anything. I just like Googled like things to do to ha- get a high credit score. Yeah. And I felt like such an adult getting like a thousand dollar loan and then yeah. paying it off. Yeah, it's like the same thing. Like, yeah, it's just a line of credit, right? So, like, if you get a credit card or whatever, it's like the same kind of um, deal. So, I I have no clue what their payments would be. That's the only time I've ever gotten loans, um, and I've I wouldn't get a um, student loan unless. Well, I personally would never. So, when you think about it, it's like if you spent thirty thousand dollars on this investment, right? So you're investing. In your education to hopefully at least be able to pay, pay off your back. loans. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, was that degree really worth it if you're not even making enough money to make ends meet and pay off your loan? Like, it just, it seemed, and like, this is the same thing where it's like college and higher education overall is like typically such a scam. I mean, and we're we're seeing people in the trades who are making so much more money oh, yeah. than people that are right. college educated. Oh, yeah. You know what trades, I mean? Trades like plumbers, welders. Yeah, things go like do that. an apprenticeship, and oh, man. So those skills money. are so much more useful. Oh, absolutely! Um, not only are they useful for your like personal life to know them, but they are the the reason why plumbers and electricians and carpenters are getting paid more money than people with college degrees is because. Those are genuinely really important skills that are in high demand that people need and not enough people are doing it. And so many students are being told, especially in public schools, like you got to go to college, get a master's degree. Like, you know, it's this prestigious thing. Like, you know, you got to go to college. Like everybody's going to college. You got to do it. Don't worry about the student loans, like all this stuff. And it is such a bad thing to be telling children. If Listen, if you want to go to medical school or if you want to become a lawyer or if you want to do something specifically that you're really interested in that you need to kind of have a college education for, do it. But to just go to college and like study business or get a, like a, a liberal arts degree or like something dumb we are not actually going to get a job that's well-paying in your field. 
I mean, it's just such bad advice to give teenagers and at the very that don't least, know any better. Research how much money you're going to be making before you do it. Because yeah. I keep seeing these videos that I can't feel very bad for these people that they went to school to be a teacher specifically. That's like the big one. Yeah. And now they're complaining. They're like, you guys, I went to school for four years. I, uh, you know, have all this debt. I had to move back in with my parents. I'm blah, 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 because I I did the math. I'm sitting here doing the math, and I'm making more, like, or I'm making something like $15 an hour. I'd be making yeah. more if I worked at uh, McDonald's right now. Like, But, like, everyone knows Google that, that, though, so, that, so that's the thing. It's like, like, why didn't you just do a quick Google search? Especially today. The was you, out there. There's no excuse. It's like, so, you think when I went to, like, before I went to school, I Googled how much does a nurse make in New Hampshire and then I crunched some number. I'm like, is this I, obviously it was what I wanted to do? And I knew it was a well-paying field anyways. But it's like I I was paying for school out of pocket. So I'm like, this is my initial investment. How long is it going to take me to get that investment back? A my few qu- months. My question is for the people who getting or who are getting into teaching just for the money. Are you doing it for the money or do you really love teaching people new things like young people do you like teaching children yeah, if you don't like kids and if you, you want to become a teacher then go yeah if, if you're not teaching if you're not teaching for the passion of teaching and you're in it for just the money then really are you you're you're doing you're doing a disservice to the children you really are yeah and i think i mean like 15 dollars an hour like that's not really a livable it's not wage. No, you yeah. know what I mean. Like where you so it's like I do, do I do get that aspect of it where it's like whoa, like I really I went to school for this. Like it. I have a bachelor's degree and like I am not going to be. But wait, able you went to, to school like, for it with before googling it. But that's the whole thing that I'm trying yeah, to say. Like you didn't like, even look into it exactly, and that's the thing. It's like you might have a passion for teaching, but it's like maybe teach at a private school or you're like maybe do something else maybe become a tutor like there are so many ways you can enrich children yeah and there's so many ways that are better than public school right that you can serve children and teach them where you can actually make a living and it's like you're not going to be able to just reach these children in inner cities that you think like oh but they're underserved and I want to get there and be a really good teacher. No, they're still going to be illiterate. They're still, you know. No, I I just mean like you're not going to be able to do it any way other than being a public school teacher because that's all their parents can afford. And when you're a public school teacher, you're in the labor unions and you're getting controlled on what you can and can't teach them. So really, you can't do anything about that. All you can do is like stop. People can stop becoming teachers, stop joining the unions, and then they're going to have to like, Oh my gosh! What are we gonna do? We're gonna gonna have to get rid of this whole public school thing if there if no one is signing up to be teachers. But no one thinks like that. They just think they can get in and change, you know, the freaking bureaucracy. Then they get re- they realize from all the old teachers like you're not gonna change anything. That that's what happened to my aunt, who's a um oh wait no she's a social worker. She was like. I got in it because I cared about, like, kids and wanted to help them. And as soon as I got into, like, a real job being a social worker, the older ladies, like, made it really clear to her, like, you're not changing anything. We're This is how we do it. Like, yeah. they don't care that she had all these different ideas and wanted to yeah. do things better and she cared about kids. They're like, nope, we check these boxes and we make money. Yeah, like, imagine, like, becoming, like, working for DCF. And being mm-hmm. like, I want to help children. Yeah. I want to get children out of abusive situations. Right. And I then mean, how, soul like, crushing. 
Yeah, I'm like, sure in some that? cases the Department of Children's Services does get children out of abuse oh, abusive sure. situations, but, but for the most part, flukes. they don't. Well, yeah. and like I've maybe. seen, maybe I, I there was when I worked in the hospital, there was um, a family that came into the ER who were like, I mean, like their dad beat the crap out of them. It was like the wife and the kids hmm. who were just like totally abused, um, and no one, no one helped. There was no help for that family at all. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yep. When children are actually being abused, but but then you know I mean, if if a mom in that labor and delivery unit was like, oh, I want to refuse whatever, then they're like, oh, we're calling CPS on you. You know what I mean? So it's yep. like such a weird double standard where like so many, it's like it, it, it just like just a threat. I don't know. It's just. It's not a good system. It doesn't, it's not. It it is a threat. Like, most kids who've been in it will tell you that they got abused by whether it's, like, a group home situation or a foster foster parent. And um, just today, I was talking to someone who, he has a young daughter who has a best friend, who's also a young girl, who has terrible parents, and she, her, her mom lost custody at one point, and now she has to live with the dad, and she sent, she had to go in a group home for a while. And now she's back with the dad. And she sent a picture to his daughter saying she has a black eye because of her dad. And she was like, um, "Like I'm going to talk to the, uh, the mom and tell her that she has to report this and do something about it. And her daughter, the friend, was like, don't do that. If you do that, I will just tell them I fell off my bike or something like that. I'm not going back to the group home. Like, she'd rather yeah, be so with her worse, dad that yeah. Yeah, literally yeah. gave her a black eye and she was telling her friend that. They yeah. go back to foster care in new in new hampshire too yeah oh my gosh that's yeah it's awful it's really really terrible but i have i don't even remember how we got into this conversation honestly oh I yeah know. teachers teachers yeah but um we were talking about this article from apnews.com i i wish there was like some kind of a you know solution to give people who want to be teachers and their heart is in it i'm sure like a lot of them are just in like okay situations so they're like well my my husband makes a lot of money i don't really need to make that much money Anyway, and then on top of that, like, oh, it seems like I'm doing pretty good. Like, most of them are in the worst I mean, of the worst. I mean, private schools, tutors. I mean, like, there are options. Yeah. Those are, like, Not so very idiot. many. Like, few and far betra- between, honestly. It but. should be in the government um, telling them, not in the government, but going to the government and telling them, like, we need school choice. Because that's going to make it yeah. to where teachers have way more options to make more money and do what they actually want to do to actually reach kids and help them. Oh, yeah. 603-283-6160 is the number if you'd like to get in the last uh, 20 or so minutes. But we're talking about this article from APnews.com that says most Americans are saying that their household expenses are increasing faster than their money that they're making is increasing. And we were about to read this from Will Klaus. 77, of Westlake, Ohio, said that inflation is his biggest concern as he lives on a fixed income in his retirement. A box of movie candy, snow caps. <laughs> Only like an old man would eat snow caps. I know, right? <laughs> I forgot those existed until I, I read that. I don't even know what they are. They're just these little... They're like little nasty things. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll look help. up exactly what they are because like seriously, okay. never like, eaten them. I think it's, um, it's like, a, like a piece of chocolate, like a, but like a little, little drop. a little piece on it. A little drop of chocolate with uh-huh. like these weird like white, white sprinkles. Sprinkles, yeah, exactly. Like, that's yeah. what it is. They're, okay. they're little sprinkles. They're not good. And uh, I don't right. even think I've ever had one. It's just like they look so bad. 
Okay. I know. I actually don't think I've eaten them either, but I'm like, no, nah, they're just. I bad. just know they're bad, and that's why I'm laughing. Like only an old man would be like, oh, <laughs> snow caps are going up. Like, <laughs> so he says a box of movie candy, snow caps that used to cost ninety nine cents, they're now a dollar fifty at the grocery store. Oh wait, he buys them at the grocery store. And then he goes to the I movies. I was about to say, well, if you're buying them at the movies, yeah, they're going to be like $6 yeah. because they're totally yeah. upcharging you. He's going to movie candy, but he's saying he buys them at the grocery store. He probably calls that movie candy because he typically eats them at a movie. Yeah, theater, yeah, yeah. He probably does. Yeah. Or maybe he brings them home and eats them and watches movies. But Who knows? he says that's a 50% increase in price. Somebody's taking advantage of somebody. Oh, and that's the big problem. All these people think that the store is taking yeah. advantage of them, <laughs> making yeah. them pay more. That's what inflation it's is, like, right? It's like, no, the, no, the dollar is worthless. The dollar is worth less and less every second of every day, and it's the government's fault, and that's why stores have to keep raising their prices. Well, anyways, he says, yet yeah, even, or it says, yet yeah, even as Americans have expressed gloomy sentiments about the economy, many have continued spending which drove a, a strong quarter of growth from July through September when the economy expanded at an annual pace of 4.9%. Even so, wages and... Wait, I, I just don't know if I believe that, but... Even so, wages and salaries have largely trailed inflation since the pandemic, leaving most households worse off, though economists debate which measures are the best to use. In the past 12 months, however, average hourly pay has started to pull ahead of prices, rising... 0.5% faster. I, I just feel I'm being lied to. Like, seriously, do you think that people are getting so many raises that it's it's raising faster than um, things are going up in price? The guest we have here in the studio tonight, one day she came in with a foot, uh, wait, it wasn't a whole foot long. I can't remember if it was a half oh, like, foot long, but just a regular subway. Yeah. subway oh, I remember this. Yeah. Um, Sandwich and drink and chips, and it was eighteen bucks. Yeah, like even if it's what a happened to the five dollar foot long, cost Jared? eighteen bucks. <laughs> yeah, wh- whatever that happened. Where, where's that five dollar <laughs> foot long, man? What happened to Jared? No one ever asked I think, about that. I, I think uh, he was touching kids, right? <laughs> oh yeah, he's like fun to be a yeah, pedophile. <laughs> Whoa, I forgot about that. Yeah, I just thought they just switched it up like the Taco Bell. He probably went to Epstein's Island and got converted. Mm, possibly. Pretty sad, huh? Well. Anyways, uh, things are going up in price, definitely, and I just don't believe it. I don't believe that people are like, oh, now people's uh, wages are actually pulling ahead. Like, I just feel they're like they're not, just saying no. this so Biden has a chance of getting reelected. Yeah, it's just the way to get Biden reelected or the Democrats reelected because I don't know if Biden's going to make it. Right, right. <laughs> I, I think maybe it's just more about the Democrats. I think he Biden. already died. Yeah, you I think, think so? he's probably just like a puppet. People's think, ears don't go from maybe. connected to unconnected. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's all these pictures that are like the like <laughs> Joe Biden conspiracy. Like he's not really okay. Well, I mean, how, you know the um. I haven't seen the, the pictures, so I couldn't tell you anything about them. You know the Simpsons episode where they're like um they're like wearing human costumes, and then they unzip it, and they're like Whoa. the aliens. That's so weird that you. That's bring that what up. I feel like. Because when you started talking about him being a clone, I started thinking of SpongeBob Skin Theory. Have you ever heard of that? No. So SpongeBob Skin Theory is, you can find this long video of it about about it on YouTube. And it's really freaking crazy. And it, it really convinced me that there's something weird going on. What and why? I don't know. But he gives example after example after example of little silly scenes in SpongeBob where it's a 
fish, like one of the characters, wearing a costume of another fish. And it's like it happens so many times that everybody in the series basically at one point is wearing costume of another fish. And you don't even really pick up on that unless yeah. you watch example after example after example. Of Pr- I've never Why is that? That's I, weird. You wouldn't. It's like it's like. So, and what is the purpose of it? Like, what's that's the... the thing? Like, why would they want to show people that? It's like no one in the in, in wait, pink, but like bikini what? bottom. So, is... so, what is the conspiracy though? It's like, just why they? I don't think they say. Like, they're just oh, saying. Oh, it's just like they're, they're asking just pointing why. it out. It's yeah. so weird. It's like oh, no one in strange. bikini bottom is who. At least they have the technology to be wearing completely convincing costumes of each other, that's and weird. it's so weird. Yeah. Like, if you just look up SpongeBob skin theory, it'll be like it's disturbing for some reason. And That's I was thinking right, about that when you're like when you're describing it like this, I'm just kind of like so. But right. I feel like this this video probably right right just Google like, it. really YouTube yeah. it SpongeBob skin theory. But yeah, and now you're saying that they had a thing like that on Simpsons, and I I could totally well, believe Simpsons that. Well, the Simpsons has been predicting the future. <clears throat> I don't know if they're manifesting it. Right. I don't know if it's like predictive programming. I don't know. But it, it is so common. Where I mean, look what there's like 30 seasons of the Simpsons at this point, and there's so many cases where it's like. Like, from, like, Donald Trump's election to, like, like all of this random stuff that you're like, that was in an episode of The Simpsons. And it has happened, like, over a hundred times to the point where it's like, this can no longer be a coincidence. Right. And it's not like South Park where, like, they're, they make their, their um, episodes fresh and it's like they're, they're um, like, creating episodes present day, like, reporting on things that are happening right now. It's like, these things that are happening in The Simpsons... This this episode aired like 10 15 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like how how did they know like are they are they warning us or is it a coincidence? I mean it can't be a coincidence cuz it's happened too many times but I think there's, there's got to so be something strange. to it where it's not a coincidence because it's like it's not just the Simpsons like the Simpsons is prolific about it but yeah. maybe the fact that it's like so many different places have predicted 9 or did predict 911 it makes me think that yeah. for some reason they quote unquote the people in charge like have to um tell you what they're doing before like they do a, it for like a karmic cleanse. yeah yeah so Maybe. it's like a like a like um not like black i wasn't gonna like i keep thinking of like the term black magic but um sorcery. like cosmically like that is part of like the sorcery that they're committing right against all of the population where it's like yeah like part of the the witchcraft so to speak of what they're doing is they have to, like, show it in all of these mediums. And, I mean, we see that all the time where it's, like, there were, like, Netflix movies randomly about, like, the pandemic. And then it's, yeah, like, yeah. oh, then we just, you know what I mean? So, like, that's... And, like, Poppy, the singer, uh, the really creepy little blonde singer. Yeah. Wearing a, a face mask, like, a yes. year, a month before. But it was a couple of them. It wasn't yeah. just her. It was, like, a couple of them. I mean, and she did a couple different videos about it that was so that were so weird, where she's just wearing, like, a face mask like you saw people wearing during yeah. COVID and saying, like, this is a mask. Yeah. Wear your mask. Yeah, so it was weird. almost, like, to desensitize people to it. Right. Or just to, like, Probably. again, like, if you're, if you want to get, like, deep into the conspiracy theory, like, black I, magic stuff, like. I'm almost wondering if, if somehow this is, collectively being manifested as hmm. the as the people as the yeah. simpsons or whoever puts these things out if suddenly we're all collectively manifesting this crazy nonsense. that's a well, better way think, to put it Coll- yeah. collective manifestation because that's yeah. what maybe human we're doing do. unconsciously well that's the thing so you have millions of people watching this episode and it's like 
are we we've talked about the law of attraction on this show before where it's like our minds are incredibly powerful tools and it's like i have first like i've single-handedly wielded things into existence by meditating on them by thinking them and by like creating my reality like the law of attraction is real we have evidence to back this up so if you have millions of people all watching this thing i think of something like an award ceremony, so like the VMAs. If you have some pop star doing some ritual on the stage and you have millions, if not billions of people all watching this thing live at the same time, what kind of implications could that have on a on a broader scale? Just like you reality, know, it's like, in, who knows? In general, reality is just the collective unconscious unfolding itself um, of all people. It, yeah. That's yeah. literally what reality is it's like if you are all expecting something then it's not even like it's almost not not mystical and when you think of it like that like when everyone is expecting there to be a government the government continues to be there because they're not using their imagination to think of what else could be so that's what they're creating so i totally believe that they could do this in a covert um black magic kind of way yeah where they are showing people what they want the people to create absolutely and i think there is power to like disconnecting from that yeah. and that's kind of why i don't like i you know i deleted a lot of my social media like i'm kind of like disconnecting from a lot of that like i don't huh. really watch tv i don't really watch like that much netflix or anything yeah. and i am like focusing more on like personally my life like doing more things like yoga hopefully gardening soon like like more creative energy things where it's like i'm becoming less of a consumer yeah and i'm becoming more of a creator there are so and many- i think that's that beautiful. is such a powerful way of us to disconnect that's beautiful from the narrative and from like all this craziness because we kind of even ex- experienced it here with covid where all of the people that were like super tuned into the fear mongering yep, like they, would they get were sick. experiencing something completely different like right. it barely affected us right like even when i did get sick it was not even bad but a lot of the people who don't care at all like ian they never got sick yeah of course it's been free talk live you can go to freetalklive.com for more don't forget to check out spongebob skin theory and Derek j's victimless crime spree more tomorrow peace This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.